Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This will be a Q&A session that followed my talk about the year one loot and how my position changed on that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. These episodes hit YouTube and the and the podcast platforms around the time I stream. I go live 7 a.m. Eastern and stream into the evening. So twitch.tv slash no to rage or just look up say no to rage in the twitch app come hang out with us you might be able to even submit a question to the conversation we've had a lot of people come from the other platforms ultimately i said i changed my position because forsaken didn't do exactly what i wanted it to do it didn't add enough loot it didn't supplant enough loot and they still left a lot of the year one loot strong anyway so i would love to see them trickle out year one loot with the year two treatment and the the example I gave was just go into the collections and look at just auto rifles and look at how many auto rifles are in there that are you know obviously going unused that could get brought forward and with the way they trickle the content and the ADA bounties they could do something very easily with the NPCs you know one or two weapons a week there's a bounty for them and then they just trickle them out so that was kind of the gist of the talk so the first question is from Shaycare says, I don't know, maybe not year one, but do you think wanted enemies should have some rare loot tied to them as well? Because at the moment, I see no point in them whatsoever. Just beefier enemies and that's it. You may not be tuned into this. There's a link in chat. There's a Reddit post. Uh, I believe the command in chat is LS Farm. LS Farm. There it is. There's a Lost Sector Farm. There are specific guns that drop from specific wanted enemies. Now, this may not be true of every wanted enemy in the game, but the wanted enemies that are in Lost Sectors do have loot pools that are specific to them. Some of them it's generic, like I think like armor, but whenever you're grinding, for instance, I'll give you one, the EDZ, the Lost Sector in Firebase Hades called Pathfinder's Crash, that is probably the best farm for the Dust Rock Blues, which is one of the most popular weapons in PvP right now because it can roll with such a good roll for PvP with respect to range. So, that is something they are doing. Now, should they do that with all of them? I mean, I don't know how many wanted enemies don't have a specific thing they can drop. I think if you kill, like, the wanted enemies that are HVTs, I think they have a chance to drop, like, Tangled Shore stuff or something. Like, it's not... It's not a specific item. Now, I could be wrong about that. There could be HVTs that do have specific items that they drop. I always like when there is an intentional loot grind. Like, knowing what drops or has a chance to drop at the end of this nightfall makes it fun to run it over and over again. Like, when I was doing the Dust Rock Blues Lost Sector, which is the Pathfinder's Crash in Firebase Hades on the EDZ... That one was enjoyable. It was fun. Now, I accidentally deleted my my god roll that I got from that the other day, and everybody freaked out on me. Uh, so, sorry about that, those of you that had to watch that happen. Um, but that, I enjoy that. I enjoy just running the loop over and over and over again, trying to get the, you know, trying to get the loot. This is why bringing back year one loot, to me, isn't a problem, given that there's nothing that significantly insane in the loot pool right now. It would just give you some of that personalization. And, you know, maybe they could introduce some cool perks. I don't know. The Old Fashioned was such a fun weapon, such a cool-sounding weapon. It would be neat to bring that one back and maybe give it a little sauce. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, when I think about the loot pool, I think the more loot, the better. The more intentionality, the better. 
Uh, and then obviously people ask about, you know, what about exotics? I put forth the idea that it'd be cool if exotics dropped, you know, once, maybe twice a week for you. And if you don't get any, your drop rate goes up the next week. Given the random rolls on the armor and, you know, the, the limitation, there's only so many weapons you can get anyway. Um, and most of the weapons aren't even that good. I could see them saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna increase exotic drop rate just a little bit. I don't want it to be as easy as just putting in time and getting every exotic after just a couple weeks, but a little bit better drop rate, I think, would be a worthy thing." Digo says, "What are some changes you would make to Gambit?" I have an entire video about this. I mean, I can give you my Cliff's notes really, really fast. Invasion needs completely changed from where you spawn. That should be randomized to what you take over. I have argued for three relics, a melee relic, an explosive relic, and like a long-range sniper-like relic, kind of like how Queen Breakers works right now. And then those relics could have different levels of wall hack, different levels of overshield, and then obviously different levels of damage and ammo. So when you go over, you have to kind of get good with the melee relic, let's say. And that has really great wall hacks and a really good overshield, but you've really got to be good about closing space, navigating, and getting close to the enemies. And then the sniper one, if they made it strong, like the way it's strong right now for Queen Breakers, well, then, I mean, you could definitely play down the wall hacks a little bit. So you got to be a little bit more intelligent, a little bit smarter, etc. And then obviously the explosive one would be kind of like the stupid damage you can just kind of spam. But again, you'd make sure that the damage was toned down. You'd make sure that, the, you know, the, the guy invading doesn't have too many advantages. The reason this would be a good pivot for Gambit is if one relic is too strong or needs toned down, then the relic is what gets nerfed, not our precious weapons. Nerfing Sleeper is one of the dumbest things they've probably done uh, in a while. It was just literally a way to calm people down. It didn't actually solve any problems. Queen Breakers is arguably way worse given the rate of fire and ridiculous aim assist. So they didn't solve a problem. They just put a band-aid on a paper cut. Like it wasn't needed. So that would be my solution. And then the, oh, and then, then the other big significant change I would make would be to the actual boss fights themselves. I feel like the boss fights are stupid. There's nothing challenging about them at all. The meatball fight is probably the most exciting boss fight because there's mechanics. There's more of a chance of back and forth. You would probably have to lower the interval that people can invade if you did this. They do invade, you know, a little too often right now once the primeval is out. But they said at the summit, people came back from the summit and said they were given assurances that Bungie would keep us from just absolutely melting the bosses. And then on their Bungie stream, they were like, here comes the melt. They've just sort of embraced the fact that these bosses are tissue paper, given you waiting long enough getting primeval, you know, stacks, primeval slayer stacks and using the right combinations. And I find that disappointing. I think a good back and forth and a good boss fight makes for, you know, a more entertaining battle. If you tweak invasion to be a little bit more challenging, not so easy to turn the entire tide, but also not super easy for someone to just know where you're going to spawn and get rid of you. It kind of both ends need tweaked a little bit. And if the boss fight was a little bit more of a back and forth, I think that creates that intensity that we saw in the streams, that intensity that we thought was going to be realized. I know it can get sweaty and I know it can get kind of rough, but I think if there was more of a back and forth, the intensity would be there without it feeling so sweaty. And this is what I mean. Right now, if you make one mistake in Gambit, 
you basically lose if it's against a good team. One mistake is pretty much you're over and done with. If you invade and they're watching the invade spots and they kill you as soon as you come over and they can't, they basically cancel your first invade, a smart team will hold on to their 25 moats, that first invasion, and they won't invade. They'll wait until you have a bunch of moats. Then they invade, slow you down, and by the time they do that, they're really close to their 50. Once they're close to their 50, they bank their 50 and they can invade almost back to back. At that point, they just totally snowball you because you made one, not even made one mistake, really. You just went over and died really fast because they were watching the invade point. That's, that's one of the primary problems with Gambit is that little teeny mistakes lead to the entire game turning. Very easily gotten kills turn the entire game. The parallel I've made before is in Trials, if you win a 2v1 or a 3v1, that was hugely significant. That would turn the tide of the game, right? That, winning that round was sometimes enormously influential. Well, it took a ton of skill to do that. Nobody's getting 2v1s and 3v1s in Trials super easy, but you're able to get 2, 3, and sometimes 4 kills like it's nothing in Gambit because the nature of Invasion is just is just honestly silly. So that's my quick 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 flyover of everything I would love to see changed in Gambit Wavy2009, while I believe the trials gave Destiny 1 viewing figures uh, some sort of boost, I convinced I, I don't have the numbers, no they did, it, trials gave good view numbers to Twitch uh, and it helped to have consistent amount of streamer content it also provided a good place for uh, a good place Hang on, I lost my place here. It also provided a good place to get coveted weapons and armor. I personally feel the loot from Destiny 2 Trials was lackluster in comparison, and I feel another reason Trials won't be back. What are your views on the above? Sorry if the question's too long. It's a bit rambly, uh, but you had to—I mean, you kind of have to make some of those points in order to ask your question. I have a video that literally went live today on YouTube. It's December 31st. I mean, it literally just went live today about should Trials come back, and I argued that. I don't mind it coming back. If it does come back, I think 3v3 elimination with a limitation on some of the maps. I think some of the maps wouldn't work for 3v3 elim, but I think a lot of the maps would. I think it would create that sauce, that spice, that, ooh, we got to pick collapse, that cool feel that Trials had. I think it would bring some of the magic back, but I don't think Trials is coming back. And the reason I stated was it was a lot of trouble. It was it was low engagement, and I don't think it fits with the trickle of content. The trickle of content isn't necessarily about bringing back trials. It's about giving you things to do and things to chase. Well, you could chase things in trials. Well, this prioritization shift in my mind kind of makes my point for me. When Forsaken is getting created and going to be launching, they have the option to retool trials and fix it, or do something else well they chose to do something else they created an entirely new game mode they created gambit and they put trials on the shelf that to me is a significant priority shift it's not just like sorry guys trials is kind of broken we're going to shelve it for now it's now we're not really interested in making trials better we are we are literally pivoting to something else right it's like selling sneakers instead of boots. It's like that's a big, big change in your business strategy. So I don't think Trials is coming back anytime soon. And if it does, I wouldn't think until September of 2019. Fuzz Bounce. What if Bungie brought back old school D1 Nightfalls as an option? One super hard version Nightfall each week. 
uh, with fixed extinguished proper burn and one modifier, but it had a D1 Nightfall exotic drop rates. Help people have more guaranteed route to exotics. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think D1 had great exotic drop rates that I remember from Nightfalls. I mean, I I thought it was pretty low. But again, I mean, you may be remembering later in the stages of D1 when it maybe got but, but boosted. There was also three of coins later in the life of D1. Early in D1's life cycle, exotic drop rates were not. I don't I don't feel like they were very good from Nightfalls at all. And we, I mean, people have even joked about that. When the big show was on that stream with Bungie, he talked about that. He made a joke about running a nightfall and just getting those coins. I mean, I thought that was pretty funny. And I mean, that kind of harkens back and brings back memories of D1 when you would spend 45 minutes hiding from Volus to Ark under the stairs only to get like basically nothing for your time. I I don't know if this is a solution that is needed. Number one, because I don't think exotic pursuit is something they need to get elaborate with. Like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to bring back Nightfalls. It's going to be really challenging and really brutal, but the drop rate's going to be really high. Now, if you wanted to take your idea and do it and then guarantee the drop rate, I could get behind that because now you're talking about your a very, very direct and intentional thing, which as someone who doesn't have all of the exotics i think i might be missing one or two uh on the armor also armor that can roll with random rolls i would love that i would grind a really really challenging like you know teeth punching nightfall if i knew i had a guaranteed exotic at the end because that'd be a great three exotics a week and i might get a random roll that i don't you know that i want i might get you know an exotic that i'm missing to me, the reason I'd be okay with that is number one, it's only three exotics a week, and number two, it'd be tough. If you, I mean, if you make it, if you make it actually, you know, tangibly, and and arguably very difficult, like end game content, I don't think anybody could, you know, quibble with that and say, well, you're making exotics too easy to get because they're guaranteed. I mean, there's plenty of exotic quest lines that make them guaranteed. My gosh, they handed out Thunderlord, like like candy at a parade for people during Festival of the Lost, so. Sasquatch, do you think Bungie adding all the possible rules for some weapons, like the Avalanche viewable in collections, is the sort of them possibly allowing us to pull random rules we've already gotten from collections? I mean, it could be. The only thing I think they would do there is whenever you go and see the possible role on the avalanche my thought would be number one it doesn't have all the perks it's missing some it's missing like the the sights and i think it's missing the mag perks i don't think it has all the mag perks or something like that uh let's go to collections and just check it just so we're talking about something that's real and not speculating so yeah there there are more than two mag perks for the avalanche and there are more than two sites so it is missing some now i could see them doing something to where the most recent avalanche that you broke down there would be like a yellow circle around all of the things that it rolled with so if you pull this from collections that's the role you're gonna get right so obviously you're like well this is a decent role but i don't really care i'm gonna break it down and then a week goes by and you're like oh man that role actually wasn't too bad and I could really use a solar machine gun right now. You could pull the avalanche out and it would have that roll that you broke down. Um, or if you get a god roll on a gun, maybe there would be something you could do to lock that roll in. You go into the collections and you click on the gun and it shows, like let's say I have four avalanches in my inventory, right? And I go into collections 
and I go through Avalanche, and it and it literally shows me the four Avalanches I have in my inventory, and it has a lock-in option on one of them. And when I click the lock-in option, it costs a currency, you know, of some kind. It's slightly painful, and I lock in that roll in the collection, so that roll is just always in there, right? The pulse in your collections you were missing is the OG Redrix Claymore. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's not another forge weapon. I don't have the Claymore in there. Um, good research, dare. So that would be cool because then it's like, then you can pull that out later if you want. You can kind of free up your inventory. Collections is such a great way, I think, of freeing up inventory. But with random rolls, it's like random rolls are slowly infecting both your inventory space that you have now, and it's making collections like somewhat superfluous because you're like, well, I don't care about 70% of what's in there. It's all old stuff that I don't, I'm not really going to ever use. What's the use in pulling out a static roll thing? You kind of go in and make your own static roll. Kind of like how, you know when you go to infuse a gun and you go, and you highlight infusion and then it shows you here are all your possible infusions? You would just go in collections, right? You would click on weapons and let's say I went to the half dan and I clicked details. Down here, it would there would be an icon that said lock in. And when I highlight that, just like infuse shows me all the possible infusions, I would highlight lock in. It would show me the four I have in my inventory right now and be like, lock that roll in. So if I ever pull this gun out of the inventory, out of the collections, it has that roll. I don't feel like that's that difficult for them to roll out. Um, again, internally it could be, but you're going in and creating the static role. Now that might be difficult with respect to the database, right? That you're, you're affecting and editing the database instead of how it was before. It was established what the Uriel's gift role was. It was established what, you know, the old fashioned role was. So those guns, you just, you just, they just drop them into the collections. Here you go. If you want to pull them out, you pull them out. So that, but that's a solution I would love to see. That's a great quality of life solution. Ace of Spades, with the damage output of the strikes, uh, sure hand being viable, do you believe kinetic and energy exotics are at a better place, making the D1 sniper, hand cannon, and sword build more viable? Um, I this, this question doesn't even make any sense. With the damage output of the striker's sure hand being viable, do you believe kinetic and energy exotics are in a better place making the D1 No, I don't, your, your question is nonsensical to me. I, number one, sniper hand cannon sword isn't viable. There's nothing in anybody's perk tree right now that makes that a viable build at all. Um, because swords are garbage as a power weapon. I, they're just not that good. There are far superior power weapons in the game, machine guns being one of them. If you're going to use non-exotic heavy, I don't think you're going to use a sword. I think you're going to probably use a, uh, a machine gun. Um, so, Sasquatch, do you think Bungie can keep up with these seasonal pinnacle weapons? And do you think these pinnacle weapons and their unique perks dilutes an already small pool of trait perks in the chase for other weapons that aren't pinnacle? This is something that I found so interesting on my YouTube comments, okay? I found this so interesting. On my exotic weapon problem video, I put forth the idea that Bungie should lean more heavily into random rolls and then the pinnacle curated roll having like a really good perk on it like the breakneck has Onslaught, right? 
I could not believe the number of people that were like, why, wh that's stupid. Why would you do that? That just means people are going to then have a static role that they always use. And I genuinely, like, my... It was like, I, you know those those what? Whenever you search for an animated GIF on Twitter and you search for the word what, like what? Like, that was the face I made. Like, what? That's Destiny in general. That's always been Destiny. You grind for what you think is the best role, and then you use that. There were arguably the best role matadors, party crashers, lunas, there, you know, uh, palindromes, imago loops... This is not a new concept that there's a role that's considered the best and you chase that and then that's what everybody uses. The beauty of a pinnacle role at the pyramid of a random role system is it's not like this, I'm never going to get an exotic situation for the more casual player. The more casual player that has less time to, to, to invest may be like, man, I love the Warden's Law, I watched Lono grind for it and I got an Outlaw Rampage, right? I'll take that. That's good enough for me. But Lono's chasing what many are considering to be the pinnacle hand cannon roll, which is feeding frenzy and rampage, right? Or in the case of the orchid, the orchid can drop with with rampage and kill clip and drop mag. So it's one of the one it's the it's one of two rare instances in the game where rampage can stack on top of kill clip, and people are chasing that, right? Well. If you don't get that role, that doesn't mean you're just, oh, I'm never going to use this gun. There are versions of the Orchid that people are using. They're finding that they like. A lot of people were going with the Surrounded Rampage and then the Surrounded Spec Mod on there to increase, like, the reach of Surrounded. And so that freedom works, right? You're like, I don't have time to do what Lono does. I'm not going to grind for that freaking weapon for nine hours a day. Screw that. I got a pretty decent role. So I'm super confused. I'm super confused by that mentality. Now your question isn't expressing that mentality, but it's it's it brought that to mind, right? Pinnacle weapons and unique perks do dilute the the small pool of trait perks because you start ignoring the ones that don't matter, right? Who's gonna use an auto rifle? Who is gonna use an auto rifle instead of the breakneck? Are you gonna use a uh What's the what's the one in Gambit? I always forget the name of it. Are you going to use that Gambit auto rifle instead of the breakneck if you have one? Well, no, right? That's that's just the way that pinnacle pieces of gear have always worked. Hazard of the cast, thank you. You're not going to use the hazard of the cast if you have a breakneck because the breakneck is basically a pinnacle version of the hazard of the cast. We didn't have to like grind for a random roll to get the breakneck, right? We just were able to get the the breakneck after so many games, and I thought I thought that was a bit of a misstep. It would have been cooler to have it be like a random roll thing you could have grinded for with bounties the way they did Ada. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I think we're going to get more more grind closer to the Ada grind in comparison to things like the breakneck and the loaded question. I think that format is inferior and not as good, right? So this always will happen, and then you are going to hit a ceiling. Like if they would have had all the forge weapons have really really cool and pinnacle perks on them, yes, they would have diluted and and kind of gave less value and punch to all those other perks that you can get on those gun types because you're like, well, no, I want the forge. Is anybody going to use another kinetic shotgun when they get the threat level with trench barrel from the raid? No, of course not. But that's what happens. Is anybody going to use another hand cannon when they get the Fatebringer? Is anybody going to use another rocket launcher when they touch the Galahorn? Like, you see what I'm saying? 
there in every game with a weapon system there is a pyramid and at the tip of the pyramid is what considered to be the best weapons or the weapons that are the most efficient or the most sought after it's a loot pursuit game i think that's the natural sort of culmination of a loot pursuit game is that there are things that become unearthed by the community or just put before you by the developers themselves and they say this is the best stuff this is the goods right here uh the the key, I think the key is making the journey to getting the best version not too arduous and not too easy. And I think that's where random rolls comes into play. If if the if the breakneck would have been dropping random roll, if they would have just called it the hazard of the cast, right? And it would have been dropping random roll, and you'd be grinding for it the way people are grinding for the forge weapons then the, the 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 gamer can engage how long they want and then if they see onslaught in action on a stream a youtube video a clip or their friend has it they may suddenly be motivated to really really chase the best one or they may not they're like i don't really like auto rifles right maybe they play at their friend's house or they watch me play with it and they're like i just prefer hand cannons i think that's exactly what you want there's a spectrum of player and the spectrum of engagement, and that lands on random rolls, I think, better than static. That's why static was so frustrating for people. If all your buds got the Ikelos shotgun, it was it might have been hard to convince them to go grind for it. If all your buds get the 1K voices, you know, try and convince them to run Riven every week. Like, good luck. You know what I mean? Now, I use 1K voices as an example because 1K voices is a static item. Like, you either have it or you don't. And that's why I think... The, the the random rolls plus pinnacle perks is a is a is just a beautiful marriage between two ideas that Bungie has had as far as incentives and as far as the way that the players in this game typically play you know across the board there are people that play less and more than each other and then this lets them kind of play where they land wavy 2009 perhaps they could just make us some sort of material to bring the gun into year two this would introduce a new grind and potentially allow an amazing role on a year one to be brought forward. Well, this sounds like reforging in disguise, and I don't want that. Now, if you could basically invest a bunch of materials into an old fashion, and then you take it to Devrim K, and now you've brought the, the old fashion forward into year two, and he, ha- he now has a weekly bounty for the old fashion for you, right? Well, I, I get behind that, but I don't want people pulling old fashions out of their out of their collections and dumping and dumping materials into them, and then it spits out a random roll. Like that just feels like reforging in disguise. Like you don't want to call it reforging, but that's reforging. And I don't think um, I don't think that reforging is good for a loot pursuit game. It's too much. It's just it's too transactional. I think Loot Pursuit's games are best served by the chase. I think the chase is far better than the transaction of time. Invest enough time, get enough materials, and then just go until you get a god roll. Instead of, oh, it dropped, I'm going to check the roll. I think that song and dance is always superior, especially for Destiny. Sasquatch, do you think guided games guides shouldn't be restricted to only clan members 
and that the rewards of guides should be more significant. Something like allowing guides to continue getting loot, not powerful from Nightfall's raids and what we've already done that week. I mean, I, I'm going to do a talk on this because a lot of people, when I ask for ideas like, hey, what do you guys want to hear me talk about? A lot of people have been bringing up guided games. I'm going to do a talk about how they could potentially fix guided games, but I'm also going to say in that talk and now to you, I don't think guided games will ever get off the ground because the funnel needs to be full of people that can help and that need help. There's plenty of people that need help. There's plenty of people that every week are like, man, I'd love it if a team could just kind of take me through a raid and kind of show me what I'm doing and, and help me, right? Show me what I should be doing. The people that are best suited to help were four years into the franchise. They already have people they like to play with. They already have solutions to their weekly raid pain point, whether they use LFG, their clan, their buddies, or a Discord like mine. Like, there are plenty of people in the community that would be a great, great fit for guided games, but they're not jumping into the funnel. And I don't think you're going to get them to jump in the funnel unless you really give them a dope, dope piece of reward. I just thought of an idea. I just thought of an idea of how to do it, right? People that want to grind the raid beyond three runs to get extra loot drops. We've been saying that, right? Your first three drop powerful. After that, it should drop like a chance at the loot. I think it'd be cool if guided games never, if you went through guided games, if it always gave you a loot chance, right? As long as there was somebody in there via guided games that needed to be guided, they went into guided games. Now, obviously people could cheese this. They would go in and say, yeah, I'm going to guide. Yeah, go ahead and click matchmaking and try and match with their buds just to game the system. I, so I don't, I don't honestly know. It might have to, they might have to limit it. So like you can't, you'd have to have a ratio of people that are like not on your friends list. Again, they could still game the system, but that's just off the top of my head is one idea. So you'd be like, well, I want a random roll on the threat level or I want more chances for the threat level. And I've got my powerful rewards, but now all subsequent runs will drop me loot as long as I do it, uh, as long as I do it via guided games. I still just don't think that's a strong enough motivator. I just don't think you're ever going to fill that funnel with people that know what the frick they're doing. It's just really difficult to do that. Uh, the strive. Do you think stat variation with an archetype should be stronger or is good where it is so that a 110 hand cannon with the same perk rolls as another 110 is different from the last? In D1, they did this a little bit, right? Like base stat differences were noticeable and base stat differences did affect like, do you want this or this, right? Like I think on the Occam's Razor and the Stolen Will shotgun, there were marginal differences between two and we discovered one of them was a little bit better than the other with something but it wasn't significant to change enough to change your mind the general problem with making the stats on a 110 like let's say the wardens and then another 110 is the that iron banner hand cannon right the the differences between them if you make them super drastic more than likely, you're going to make one of them suck, right? So, I mean, what are you going to mess with? If it, Stability doesn't matter, okay? Range and reload matter. You can't mess with impact because that's intrinsic to the archetype itself. You can't mess with impact. So, you'd have to mess with, like, reload or range or something like that. So, like, oh, this one's got crazy good range and this one's got, like, a really fast reload. It might be cool to have a random 110 in the game that has, like, a stupidly fast reload, so then you don't feel like you need feeding frenzy and then you could like pursue maybe a different role 
or maybe you're like oh this one's got really really great range that's going to be really helpful i don't need to worry about target acquisition mods or what have you it's got great range which typically uh, you know helps with aim assist in that realm though i still think you're just going to run into trouble there's only so much you can do with the stats there's only so much you can do with the stats. So you're either going to make one gun undeniably better with respect to, you know, to base stats. You know, like, well, this gun has terrible range or this gun has great range. Whatever it is that kind of makes you lean towards one or the other. There's only so many things you could change on the gun before you either break the archetype itself or you make it just terrible. So what's the point? Like, well, we'll make the base stats on the Iron Banner one bad you know well then why would anybody go for it? that always becomes the problem when you start messing with stats and the archetypes i like the idea of pinnacle perks for this reason a perk like onslaught a perk like magnificent howl or desperado these are pinnacle perks they're unique to those guns trench barrel as well these make the gun feel different Right, your experience changes. The efficiency of the gun is not dramatically different. So my Badlander versus an Ikelos, they're not drastically different. I have a very, very similar experience using either shotgun, but Trench Barrel makes one feel a little bit different than the other. Onslaught makes the breakneck feel like a very, very unique auto rifle. So if you go the route of perks, the 110 from Iron Banner could have a pinnacle perk on it that does something very unique. And then the pinnacle perk on the Wardens could do something completely different. And that's what you can lean, you could lean into perks that that give you a, a clear bent towards the weapon. Like the Iron Banner weapon should clearly be, you know, bent towards, you know, PvP. So maybe every maybe every crit shot that you land loads the next clip with a timer. And however many bullets you get in there is a timer on, like, radar staying up, right? That'd be good for, like, a scout or a pulse. Every crit you land loads the next pul- loads the next most mag with a timer, and it keeps radar up. We don't need that in PvE, right? PvE, you could do something like every crit loads the next mag with one bullet that's incendiary and puts a dot damage on the enemies. Well, that's not going to dramatically change the way the gun handles or the way you kill enemies. You're not going to suddenly kill enemies 10 times faster than before, but it makes the gun feel unique and different because you can't get bullet burn on another gun, right? You can't get radar mag on another gun. So, like, that that's when people are like, well, this fits my play style. <clears throat> right? And then the next time you, you do it, you do a different perk. You do something different where you're like, well, it's slightly different. It doesn't make the gun drastically more effective or less effective, but it's cool and I want it, right? Just like Onslaught, Trench Barrel, or like I just described with, like, Bullet Burn. Dixie's Archer with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you so much. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Um... <clears throat> Tricks says, what's the bar you eat? I'm partnered with Neo. There's a command in chat. Nova hands. Happy New Year, Lono. I see more and more people coming around to bringing back year one as well as D1 content. However, Bungie hasn't given us any indication that they will do this. Do you think there's a strong chance they will just keep us keep it under wraps? Well, Bungie never likes to let things out too early. Because if you know year one stuff is coming, I think a lot of people might be like, well, I'm not going to bother playing then. I heard the Fatebringer's coming back. I heard this is coming back. Blah, 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 right? Why chase any of this stuff? I'm going to go chase that stuff when it comes out. Um, if they bring back 
year one planets or year one raids, I have continued to say I could see them doing that in the next annual pass. The next annual pass that would begin end of 2019 and would take us into 2020, I could see that being when they do it. It would make that be the last annual pass of Destiny 2, and it would be the most substantive annual pass that they've done. They've, at that point, they would be have been doing their second one. I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon because Penumbra and Joker's Wild are already planned and slated and mostly, to some degree, probably built. Um, they've probably already made decisions about pinnacle weapons for the next season, etc. I would think next season, pinnacle weapons are going to be a scout, um, a scout, a rocket launcher, and maybe a linear fusion. Weapons that just don't get any representation or use right now, and that'd be a big shift and a big change. We've had pinnacle hand cannons, pulses, auto rifles, regular fusions, uh, and a grenade launcher in the primary slot. So I could see it being scouts, rockets, and linear fusions next season. There'll be one of each, right? And that'll be like the free pinnacle pursuit. And then there'll be like the, the other stuff you can chase. SMG? Yeah, maybe an SMG. That's another one. Uh, Trick X says, can Orchid or a Warden's drop if you don't have the annual pass? You can't get Orchid if you don't have the annual pass because the Orchid drops in the Black Armory. Warden drops in Warden of Nothing. Warden of Nothing is a strike that came with Forsaken. So you need Forsaken if you want to grind for this gun. Krusty McPuzzleville, new to the game, haven't done a Nightfall yet. How does the Nightfall weapon farming work? How often do the weapons drop? Okay, so you can go for a high score, which I don't have my, my emblem on. I think the emblem affects it, so thank you for bringing that to my attention. I should turn that on. You didn't intentionally bring it to my attention, but you did. Uh, I have over a 200,000 score, so I think going for a high score does affect it. They indicated in some in some comments and tweets and things that... The higher the score, the better the the better the chances, and you get that high score. Then the best thing to do is you go over here into your inventory, and you say, okay, here's my five of swords is what it's called. You can that's just you applying modifiers uh, to the nightfall. Okay, you go in there and you say, give me what we do on this nightfall for example. Since there's a lot of solar, we go arc singe because we're not getting shot by a lot of arc and heavyweight which makes the thunderlord like a perfect just easy button okay and then you just play the, the nightfall over and over and over and over again and as long as you have that emblem on and that high score i think i get one probably one every six nightfalls five anywhere from five to seven nightfalls is the average of when it drops that's a pretty good drop rate there are some things that help uh popping a um Popping one of these, popping a fire team of die-in seems to help, and popping the 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 boons can also help. Um, there's no guarantee. I didn't even need to pop that fire team of die-in, but I just did. Um, I wasn't sure whose was there, whose was live. So, Tech Sarge says, "What does what does that mean for weapon and armor collectors if we trickle in weapons and armor that trickle out?" Uh, does that mean they can't get that anymore? Well, I mean, if you're collecting static weapons from year one that you like to have and you're keeping them in your inventory, I'm confused as to why you're doing that. You can pull year one versions of those weapons out anytime you like. 
You just go, you click on it, and, and it spits out the it spits out the weapon. Um, so if they do my idea, they could let you go in anytime you want. You could pull out a year one antiope. You could pull out a year one old fashioned, right? And so that be you're you know you're chasing the random roll of the old fashioned, but anytime you want, you can pull it out. So you're still a collector. You don't need to keep it in your inventory. Like right now, if I really, really like the armor set from, uh, I don't even know this armor set here from Braytech. This is always in here for me to pull out if I want. It doesn't pull out with random rolls. Now, again, I think there could be a nice thing they could do where you could go into your collections, go to that particular Braytech armor set and be like, I just got some Braytech gauntlets to drop while I was farming on Mars. They drop with hand cannon, reloader, and something else, right? Emblem? Oh, shoot. Yeah, let me back out and put the emblem on. Thank you. The... And then you could go into the collections, and just like when you go into infusion and you highlight the infusion button, it shows you the weapons that can be infused. You'd go to the collections. You would say there'd be a lock-in button. You're like, I want to lock in this role in the collections. And it would show you all the potential, you know, guns in your inventory. So if I had four old fashions in here, I'd been grinding the EDZ and I had four old fashions. I'd go to collections. I'd click on weapons. I'd click on hand cannons. I'd click on the old fashioned. There'd be a new button here that would say lock in. And when I highlighted, it would do like that. Like, oh, I highlight this and the shaders appear. I would highlight it. The weapons would appear right here. The four old fashions in my inventory. I would highlight the one that had the role that I liked, hold down the button, and I'd lock in that role. So whenever you come into collections, you could opt for the year one static, or you could opt for your locked in role if you have su- if you have done one. Right? I, to, in, in my mind, in my mind, that's a great way, again, to give people that customization and that feeling of like, hey, I, I can grind as much as I want for this gun from the EDZ or from Mars or wherever if you want the Braytech Winter Wolf auto rifle or something. That's a great system because, again, I was against bringing all the year one stuff forward, but it's like they didn't really get bring enough with Forsaken. The loot pool is, is, is scant and thin. You know, what if you could drop MCs to apply random rolls to old gear? I mean, if you want to take old gear and, and, and randomly roll it, my only problem with that, T-Funk, is again, you're just dressing up reforging. I go into my collections, I pull out an old-fashioned, and I apply random rolls to it. I go into my collections, I pull out an old-fashioned, I apply random rolls to it. That's just reforging. So... Now, all of this is elaborate. What I'm outlining is stuff that they probably can't do anytime soon. But at the very least, if a Bungie dev sees my idea or is in here right now, sometimes they watch the stream, they could jot that down in a notepad and that could get put into Destiny 3. That could get put in next September. I don't know. That, I think, is, is a worthy is a worthy you know cause for good ideas right now is there still they are still learning how to take this game and really make it a good base for hobby engagement and they're very close they've got a lot of good pieces on the board they've got some great pieces on the board they just need to move them around properly right it's like you're in a chess game and they've still got they've got great pieces you know they got bishops and queens and some rooks and if they move them around right they could put themselves in great positioning 
Uh, Johnny5163. Lono, I agree with bringing uh, up some Destiny 2 Year 1 weapons or armor into the current state. Thoughts on expanding our current selection of status effects? I see a missed opportunity here. Burning, suppressed, blinded. What could Ark do? I'd like to see Bungie lean in here. This is where I think swords and trace rifles could get some great, great love. Great love, alright? Energy, uh, swords should be energy weapons because they're too weak to be power weapons. You could even lower their damage a little bit and give them a lot more ammo. And trace rifles should just be in the game as legendaries. Having only three trace rifles in the game as exotic is wasted opportunity. And here's why. Since it's sustained damage over time, you could have trace rifles that burn, blind, or suppress if you do enough damage over time, making them a great mid-tier weapon because you could target a major hold the button on them long enough it could cause an explosion that suppresses blinds or does damage over time whether it's you know arc solar or void void would suppress solar would damage over time and arc would blind right or stun or whatever swords could be the exact same thing slap them in the energy slot and now you got a reason to create bleeding swords knockback swords blinding swords suppression swords whatever right it wouldn't change that much. Like, you wouldn't suddenly feel like a completely different player because you had a blinding sword or a bleeding sword, but it adds that flavor. It adds that flavor to the game where I'm using a sword and it's got this really cool bleeding effect and it's really good for, you know, mini bosses and majors. You run up, you know, close and you put that bleed effect on them or that blind or whatever. Again, more personalization, more sauce, and it takes weapons that presently you're just like, there are no status effects on, and are perfect fits for status effects, uh, and could just add more grind. Trace rifles and swords are a huge missed opportunity. Quit. Let, let's stop worrying about sidearms and SMGs and start leaning into weapons that actually fit in a power fantasy, like swords and trace rifles. Trace rifles are one of the most futuristic, cool weapons they've ever brought, and there's three of them. And one's a unique. One's in a PlayStation exclusive for frick's sake. Gritter. With Black Armory, Bungie has brought forward a few of the year one weapons already, like the Husko and the Bad News. Well, they're remixes, but yeah. Do you think that Bungie will continue to bring forward a handful of year one weapons with Joker's Wild and Penumbra? Do you think their intent is to incentivize us to play new content to get year one weapon revisions? I'm kind of fine with either, honestly. I'm kind of fine with either because whether I'm grinding the EDZ for an old fashioned because, you know, Devrim K's got a bounty or I'm doing new content for an old fashioned, I know people are going to cry reskin, but if it's something that everyone enjoys, like, I, here's the thing. I like aesthetic differences, but I think perks are way more, way more important. So if the art team doesn't necessarily have time to dump a bunch of brand new weapons on our lap, but we get a bunch of weapons with a bunch of new perks and a bunch of new possibilities, I think we take that as a net benefit and not a net loss. In, in my opinion, it's like, well, we got way more to chase, man. You got way more personalization in what you look like and how you, you know, what guns you have. And yeah, they got, you know, random rolls and perks. So you don't have to use the same guns that everybody else is using. And, you know, trace rifles are the hardest thing Bungie's done. You mean like hardest thing to create? I don't know what you mean by that, uh, T-Funk. So I, yeah, I think that, I think that they, they would, they would stand to benefit a lot from bringing forward the, the, the old gear at the very, at the very least, 
I love the way the old-fashioned looks and feels, you know? It's just a fun, it's just a fun weapon. I'm going to keep using that as my example. Um, there are trace rifles, uh, not, not trace rifles, there are, uh, aren't there, there's year one linear fusions that could use some love too, man, put some better perks on those too, like linear fusions need help. Uh, Crooked Fang is good in some places, but it just doesn't feel like a, a very good power weapon in most PvE content. Um, you know, I think there was a hand, wasn't there a handful of, uh, linear fusions from, from year one? The Tarantula, the Dead Ender, the Man of War. There is three that, that have not come forward. So, yeah. May, May Kel, May Kel or May Kelly says, do you think it would be easier for them to just add one random perk to the existing static perks on the year one loot, almost like the augmented forge weapons? I mean, why bunt when you can go for a home run? <laughs> you know, sports ball. Why bunt when you can go for a home run? Like, you're just trying to get somebody on base, or are you trying to get a winner here? You know, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that's hard enough. That's that you're not swinging the bat hard enough. I would really, really want to take a crack at it and say, no, we're really gonna make, you know, that these old weapons worth worth using and guys the vortex is not on during q a in these talks it's just a little too much uh for that not baal or not bail why do you think they gave year one armor year two mods while leaving year one weapons behind it seems like an arbitrary limit um i think you're misinformed if i go to armor right and i go to this braytech stuff from year one it's uh it's static now it looks like i can put a mod on it i didn't know you could do that but it doesn't have random perks right so when i go to this braytech robe there's no perks on it nothing for unflinching now it lets me put a mod on it just because i think originally there were mods here that like buffed them by five and they were really chintzy weren't they like the purple mods yeah there were those purple mods where you could like get like a five tier or light or whatever but this is not brought forward to the year two. The Bra- the, the Braytech is still year one. There's no perks on it. So it has not been given the year two treatment. Um, so, yeah. As far as, it seems like an arbitrary limit. Yeah, they've left, they've left a lot of the year one stuff behind. I'm arguing for them to bring it all forward. Bremer bro, do you think we will get more hand cannons with Outlaw Dragonfly combo? It'd be nice to get, a, uh, get one of every element. This this is an area where the, my my solution is a little different than everybody else's. I don't like the weapon system as it is right now. It's better than it was, but that doesn't mean I like it. You know what I'm saying? You could take the food back. You could take you could take cold food back. Like, hey, you brought out my cheeseburger and it's cold. You could take it back and bring it back out and, and heat it up, and now it's better. I still might not like it. I still might not like the burger. I might not like the toppings, whatever, right? I think the weapon system's better, but I'm still not a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of how primaries are in two different slots, 
and and elemental primaries in D1, I still think is the way to go. Take every primary weapon and slap it into the primary slot. Take every secondary weapon, slap it into the secondary slot. Assign random elements to all primary weapons. We, it, it, uh, an element on your gun doesn't make you that strong. It's not broken. It's not too strong. Like, whenever you're running around with a trust, you're not suddenly like, I'm a god because I have a gun with you know, solar damage, like that's not a thing, right? So it's not going to break the game to do that. The reason that would help is because if, 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 if shotguns and fusions and snipers were all consolidated into one lane in the, in the game, right? Then they could say, let's tweak them individually. Let's make fusions and snipers match these shotguns. But it's like, if you run a primary in the energy slot, there's almost nothing you can use in the kinetic slot. There's a couple of shotguns and like two snipers worth using. And then that's it. There's nothing else to really put up there. It's just a super confused weapon system. It, it truly is. It truly is. So I think that'd be a, a, a much better way to streamline it. Then what you're talking about, should every should, should we get more hand cannons with Dragonfly and Outlaw? I'll do you one better, right? It's clear that the Warden's Law is built for raw damage. Feeding Frenzy and Rampage, it's a 110. It hits like a truck right and then when you go to the trust it shoots really fast it can get dragonfly it can get rapid fire it's a different style of gun bungie could then lean in and then every archetype every type of gun has two sort of categories it can land in elemental perks or damage perks so sure my warden's law could get randomly assigned arc and that's great when there's arc shields and that's also great when they could bring back things like rainbow burn they could bring back things like prism and then having three guns with one element each would be nice you could really think about what you want to take in with you so my warden's law could randomly get assigned arc and then it's always arc right just for the sake of balance they'd probably have it always be that that element right it'd always be arc like Fatebringer was always arc I'd be fine with that but it's clear when I looked at the tree arc's not doing much for me it's a damage it's built for damage okay I'm reloading fast and I'm getting rampage then right next to it you could have another 110 hand cannon that if you land you know they could call it triple burn if you land three headshots in a row it applies a poison effect it applies a poison effect to the enemy, right? Or a burn effect. It's actually pretty strong, okay? And then if you kill them, it causes a bigger explosion, like with Dragonfly. It has a synergy with Dragonfly. Triple Burn and Dragonfly, like, do something together. Well, now I have a 110 that is behaving completely differently than my damage-built Warden's Law 110, Oh, it's going to break PvP. Not really. If you three-tap somebody in the head with the Warden's Law, I'm pretty sure that's a kill. Uh, so getting three shots and getting a burn in Crucible, I don't think would matter. I think they would be dead anyway. If you land three headshots with the 110, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's a, that's, a, that's a kill. So you could build, you know, you could build ideas like that that you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily break PvE. Cause, and you could do that with every weapon type. You could have pulse rifles that have clear and undeniable energy elemental, you know, perks and damage perks and then that's just up to the user what do you want to do how do you want to play right 
And then the difference between you and me isn't significant. It's not like, well, dude, if you run triple burn and dragonfly, and I'm getting that damage effect, I'm getting that burn effect, and then that really nice big explosion, and then I got the dragonfly spec mod on it, oh man, I'm so much better than you. No, you're not. We're all killing ads at pretty much the same efficiency anyway. We all have really good guns. We have li really good legendaries that kill ads at the same efficiency. This is why nobody uses, you know, exotic primary weapons, because legendaries get the job done. It's not that hard to kill trash ads. But, but, it's like the difference between using a really good primary like the Blast Furnace and a really good primary like the Breakneck, right? That Feeding Frenzy Rampage with Rampage spec feels saucy on the Blast Furnace, right? Because it's only two primaries can get Feeding Frenzy, and Feeding Frenzy feels nice on this pulse. I like this gun, right? And then I get out my Breakneck. We're doing the basically the same thing. We're killing enemies at basically the same at the same speed, but our experience is vastly different, and probably so is our playstyle. That's the that's the ticket right there. The weapon system to how they have it now is just not letting them really have the right kind of power. Well, Lono, couldn't they add those perks anyway? Couldn't they do that to an energy hand cannon right now? Well, sure, but then what in the frick am I going to use for my kinetic? Oh, one of the two to three shotguns or snipers, and then that's it? Where are fusions? You know, where are elemental SMGs in the in the equation? Where are these these other weapons? That's another thing they could do to the energy slot. SMGs could have their ammo cut in half, and they would function as energy, gut-busting, major-busting, shield-popping weapons that do way more damage and have really cool, maybe, status effects to make them compete with the shotgun, but because your ammo is halved and your damage is higher, you're ripping through your ammo really, really fast, and it serves as a good secondary weapon. It shouldn't be using kinetic ammo, right? Swords could come up to the energy slot as well, and that creates that shield-popping, major-busting, you know, feel and gets them out of the power slot. Grenade launchers and rocket launchers should be significantly stronger, and then they could add legendary pinnacle versions of a rocket launcher and a grenade launcher that you could farm for, get, and use, and then feel like, ah, I'm going to put on my huckleberry, I'm going to put on this exotic because I have a viable heavy that isn't an exotic. So, uh, next question is from Shaddix. What if the third round in Gambit was changed to sudden death and the primeval instantly spawned to make the third round matter more uh, and prevent quitters? I I don't know how this prevents quitters per se. Um, I, I don't know if I want... I don't know. I, I feel like the boss fight would have to be significantly different if you were going to be doing that. If you're going to be saying, you know, hey, we're going to have sudden death and sudden death means that the boss is immediately there and you can go out and melt him. Well, given our people's ability to melt, think about it like this. Think about it like this. Winning round two. If you win round one, okay, and then the next team comes out and wins round two, when they start winning round two... You could be like, just throw. We'll save our supers. We'll save all of our supers, and we'll bake. We'll bake during sudden death. Well, the team that wins round two used all their stuff. They used their supers. They used this. They used that to win round two. They had to scrap, you know, scrape it together to beat you. Well, and then round three is a joke. That you would just you would just run out and be like, yeah, we have all of our supers. We basically knew we were probably going to lose round two. We fell behind a little bit, right? 
Yeah, like what T-Funk's saying. Sudden death would be win the first round, lose two, and then boomerang. Just absolutely demolished. If you run out with three chaos reaches ready to rock and roll, the other team used all of their supers. You see what I'm saying? I think on paper, I like your idea. Like, let's add some intensity or something. But ultimately, I think it would just turn into cheese. Yeah, and then if you lose the first round, you would just leave. You'd be like, well, we're going to try to win the second round and people are going to boomerang. Now, if the third round reset everything, right? So nobody, they just spawn, they just spawn with some secondary ammo and some, uh, some primary, but their supers get reset. Like that's what a tie does. A tie is, nope, sudden death resets everything. Then you might have some sauce on your hands. Like you'd have to go and do something that unlocks heavy. You get your heavy. Then you go to the center that unlocks this. Maybe if you do things fast enough, you do get your supers. I don't know. So then it's more about, you know, working together as a team. Uh, that this feels super. Uh, this feels like somewhat elaborate and rife with potential problems. We don't want to cause more problems. We want to solve the existing ones. So. It's not necessarily a bad idea. I just think in the, in the, the nature of Gambit right now, it would cause more problems than it would solve. Uh, Gamer Boy. Oh, wow, you're really early. Oh, they're starving? Okay, well. Yeah, sorry for those of you listening. This is my wife's delivering lunch. Thanks, babe. Uh, Gamer Boy. Do you hate the fact uh, that guns get nerfed because of PvP and then they're bad in PvE? Well, not only that, I think we all know there's just, there's certain limitations to what they do with PvE weapons. PvE weapons don't, don't go as far as they could. And that's because, I mean, a lot of the times, every time we've, we've had these discussions and we think of really cool perks, we're like, yeah, that'd break PvP though. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So, and they don't want to split the weapons pool. They don't want to be like, yeah, you can farm with this gun, but then you can't use it in PvP. Like they don't want to do that. So... CJ Catrone says, what would you think about a consumable that would allow you to have an increased drop rate for a specific gun, but would greatly decrease the amount of times that loot drops? That way you'd be more likely to get the weapon and armor that you want, but you'd get less loot overall. I don't understand. It would greatly decrease the amount of times that loot drops. What does that even mean though? Like, you're just getting less loot the entire time. So I go into the raid and I really want the exotic grenade launcher. And I put on your boon, right? And I get less drops the whole time, but then I have a better chance of getting it at the end. Well, since I know where the grenade launcher drops, wouldn't I just wait and pop it before the last encounter? You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily know how would you, you would make it, you would have it laced with a punishment. Um right oh well you could make the you could make the debuff and drops last a couple hours okay well I'll pop it before doing the last boss and then just switch characters I don't necessarily know if this would function as as a pain mechanic now now to your question could I what if we could buy something that gives you the opportunity to have increased drop rate of a gun okay you're getting at a solution that I've already outlined that already exists in the game the Ada bounties. Each week she's got some bounties. You can, okay, which thing do I want to chase? This thing, right? So you go to Drifter. This week is Parcel of Stardust and the the Rocket Launcher. I forget the name of it. And then you go, and then you play over and over and over again and go for the bounty for the the, the, the Parcel of Stardust and the Bad Omens, right? 
over and over and over and over again. And then next week, he's got the bygones and the trust. And you buy those. See, this is, this is, this is intentionality woven with content loop. And I think it's fine, right? So I don't think you can do like an account-based debuff. Well, you pop that thing to get that grenade launcher. All you're going to do is tick people off. Because if I don't get that grenade launcher and you just gave me an account-wide loot debuff, I'm ticked. I'm freaking red hot mad. So I I don't know if that's the right way to go. And plus, all it's going to do is if you do an account-wide debuff so that, oh, I can have that intentionality. Well, once the debuff's active, you're just motivating me to not play the game. And that's not what Bungie wants. Bungie wants you to play. Oh, you could save it, pop it, and then that'd be the last activity of the week for you or something, or the day. I don't know. So. You can farm Gambit super easy. It's only uh, weapons, so you get like a 1 in 8, 1 in 7 chance, not terrible chances. Yeah, but given random rolls, T-Funk, I mean, I didn't get my parcel of Stardust until I was on my way to my, I don't know, like my third yeah I was on my way to my third reset when I got my parcel to drop that's stupid and then I didn't even get the roll that I wanted and when I finally got the roll that I wanted guess what the threat level was in the game I mean talk about undercutting loot incentive I could have been enjoying the parcel for months but instead I got it literally the same day I got the god roll threat level or not even it was not the god roll it's a curated roll I think the god roll has genesis on it because that basically extends the mag um, cause popping the shield reloads the gun. It doesn't create ammo, but it reloads the gun for you, which is perfect for gut busting, like for, for barrel stuffing. Um, yeah, I, 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 I still think going into Gambit and having such thin chances, um, no, with Ada bounties. Yeah. I mean, obviously the guns would rotate, but that's the whole point is if every piece of the game rotated, right? If every piece of the game rotated, where Gambit has two items available that week, EDZ has two of items, the Forges have two items, you know, Shax has two items. That little divot there, I always get stuck in that, and I can't back up. I need to stop going there. Then it's a matter of what do you want to go for this week. Like, this week I can go for the Orchid or the Wardens, and today I'm going for the Wardens, but on Friday I went for the Orchid. What do you prioritize? What do you want? You know? I think that's a win for everybody when you have that much loot to chase and that much intentionality. You just rotate the intentionality and the urgency. Bremerbro, why do you think certain guns can get certain perks even though others in the archetype can? For example, 10 paces can't roll with Outlaw. This is a good question and I don't know why they do this, personally. Because what ends up happening is if you can't get Outlaw or like on a hand cannon if you can't get outlaw or feeding frenzy generally speaking people are going to avoid the gun unless let's say a 10 paces could roll with something that makes it well worth using right because you're like well i can't get feeding frenzy or outlaw but it's got this really specific perk that you can't get anywhere else you have to be sacrificing something what am I, you know, or gaining something if you're sacrificing? Because that slow of a reload on a hand cannon. Use a hand cannon all day with Outlaw or Feeding Frenzy. And then go use a gun with just like a default generic lo- reload, even if it has flared. It isn't enjoyable. It feels really slow. So if you're going to deny people what is considered pinnacle or 
the the ideal perks for a hand cannon, if the, the, the 10 paces can't get it, well, then I would say it needs something else. It needs something else in exchange. I'm okay with perk pools being different and limiting per gun, right? Can it get rapid hit? I don't know. I'm not sure. Rapid hit's actually not bad if it shoots faster. I think it needs to shoot faster than 140 for rapid hit to feel nice. Um, rapid hit doesn't feel nice if it's on something that kind of shoots slow. Because I think whenever I've used the, um, whenever I've used the trust, I have felt like the trust gets the job done with rapid hit better because it's a 180. There's something about it. Rapid hit on a Duke always felt kind of weird to me. I don't know because it shoots so slow. That could just be me. I mean, that could just be my preferences. There could be people that love a 110 with rapid hit. Rabbit head just feels odd on a on a slow firing weapon. Nate Walls ninety. Do you think being able to infuse year one weapons with additional perks would be viable? I.e., infuse using cores planetary to achieve new random rolls, bringing parity back to those items. Well, I mean, infusing them with perks is basically weapon crafting. It's basically weapon crafting. I'm okay with infusing perks into armor because armor is just not, it's just in a different, it's in a different arena in my mind. Being able to infuse a pair of gauntlets with like hand cannon reloader, they're gauntlets. Like who the frick cares if you do that? But if you go to a, if you go to a, an old fashioned and you're like, well, I'm going to infuse it with feeding frenzy. I got a warden's law with feeding frenzy and I don't need it, right? I got an extra one. Well, you're just weapon crafting, you know? I'm not, I'm not okay with, I don't think, I don't think reforging and weapon crafting fits into this game very well. Um, but again, that's just me personally. Hey, shit says lately I've been building armor sets that look good, sacrificing synergistic perk builds for looking sexy. How much is this holding my guardian back in terms of DPS rate efficiency and overall potential as a guardian? I mean, if you're speed running and you're trying to squeeze every square inch of the of 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 damage out of a out of a character then sure maybe getting a slower reload on your primary and maybe getting less you know machine gun ammo or whatever i don't know what the ideal pinnacle builds are right now for for dps i just think experientially you'll feel it i'll give you an example when i run way of a thousand cuts and i have hands on on my helmet i feel awesome like, I feel really awesome. I feel like I can actually navigate and get my super back quickly because of hands-on. Uh, when I have, you know, hand cannon reloader on, when I have other perks on, I feel like it helps. Now, as soon as you leave a couple of perks, as soon as you leave some of those avenues, unflinching doesn't seem like it does anything. Uh, perks on your boots, you know, outreach and stuff. Eh, pfft, eh, better already or what's the other one recuperation yeah recuperation those are perks that seem like they do something heavy ammo finder and special ammo finder don't seem to be working so as it stands right now you can in a general sense just make yourself look however you want um but having a reload perk is nice having a reload perk i think actually is nice i do feel that affects your efficiency it affects how you feel in the game but it's not necessary because i mean i run i run my wardens with feeding frenzy 
And I have a couple of I have a couple of builds where I don't get a reload perk on top of that. I just trust that to keep me kind of in the fight. And I don't get that increased reload. I think it's my uh, my hunter, my hunter gauntlets don't give me you know increased increased reload. And I don't, I'm not like oh my gosh I'm so slow because I have feeding frenzy. You can kind of pivot back and forth too if you have a gun that doesn't have a reload booster on it but you have a pair of gauntlets that does that can be helpful as well um so it's hoping to get one right there so we could check it in between questions crusty mcpuzzleville how about something like perk ownership for weapons in the collection once you get a perk three times, you can now select that perk when pulling it back out of the collection to be specific to the weapon and take away some of the punishing RNG. Is that something that would help the game? You're just, you're really just dressing up, reforging and weapon crafting and you're just disguising it. I just don't think that is ever going to be something I sign on to. Well, okay, I got this weapon three times with Outlaw and the rest of the perks have been garbage. Now I can lock in Outlaw in collections. And then later on you get, you know, okay, so now I got Dragonfly. And I got that three times. I'm going to lock that in. It would take so long. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. But you're still weapon crafting. You're still farming for perks instead of farming for rolls. In my estimation, there's something special about farming for a roll instead of forging a roll. And again, this could just be me and my bias about Loot Pursuit kind of coming through and pushing back on an idea that, well, you're still grinding for loot, Lono. You're just getting the perks, and then eventually those perks become, you get them enough to, like, you know, lock in. Yeah, I still, I don't know. There's something in my mind I've romanticized the idea maybe a little too much, but I've really romanticized the idea about running content over and over and then getting getting the role that I want on the gun that I'm chasing. There's something... I don't know why. I don't know why there's something special about that. There's something mechanical about, about not doing it that way. I may have missed Dixie's Archer Prime Sub. I hope you're still here if I missed your Prime Sub. And then Eki Mac with a brand new Prime Sub. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for those Prime Subs. A lot of people have used their subs here today. Their Primes. Thank you for doing that. Uh... So yeah, I'm always going to push back on those ideas. Glassarino, would you like to see a melee rework for classes that have a ranged attack, hunter knives, and a new uh, the new arc warlock? Um, maybe hold the melee button to use the ranged attack. Click for normal melee. That way you don't use it by accident. Just make it toggleable. Make it toggleable. I should be able to go in for way of a thousand cuts. I should be able to go into the menu and say. My melee, my melee ability always overrides. Always. I always want to throw blades if they're available. Right? I never, ever, ever want to melee if I have the melee ability. Even if they're right in my face. Throw blades, please. Right? 26 months from Chow. Thank you for 26 months, dude. And it's a tier 2. Enjoy that Lono Dope 2 emote for doing the tier 2 sub. That should be just up to the player to go in and override. Don't change how the entire system works blanketedly because I think you're just going to frustrate people. But if I can go in and say, nope, throw knives no matter what. I don't give a frick. I don't care if they're literally kissing my nose. I want to throw blades instead of punch. You know? 
some people not, might not like that and then they wouldn't turn it on but to somebody like me that just I always want to be throwing blades always I want to keep I want to keep um, playing with fire up and running and the more I keep playing with fire up and running the faster I can throw blades the more I can throw blades the more I can get hands on to proc the more I can fill my super the more I can fill my super the more often I can pop my super and then my super gets fed by shards of Galanor. like there's just a great great synergy and intentionality there the worst thing in the world is when you're trying to keep playing fire going playing with fire going and you just keep freaking meleeing really big tanky enemies that get in your face instead of throwing blades that would probably kill them that is like super frustrating especially in gambit evil death sin says what are your thoughts about crossplay for pve uh also what about a universal login like fortnite that uses your gear everywhere okay so the second part of your question i'm surprised it hasn't happened yet cross save just makes sense you can use a, you know api and ex, you know extensions like destiny item manager and um what's the other one uh shoot it was just on the tip of my tongue you can use it on your phone um there's the one that you can use on your phone that pulls your loot right i don't see why ishtar commander thank you you can use ishtar commander on your phone i don't see why that doesn't prove they can do cross save if ishtar commander can be like here's your loot we'll move your loot around you know jayla thank you for five months so close to two years happy new year's to you thank you for keeping your primes up here why can't i open up my account on playstation it's like oh here's all your loot and then i go to xbox oh here's all your loot cross save well, what about playstation exclusives just gray them out i mean I- <laughs> Just gray them out. I can't use a PlayStation exclusive on Xbox or, or PS4. They might not even... You don't even have to show them, right? They're not... You can't even display them. Because the database is like, no, those guns don't exist as far as we're concerned. You know? It's not even about different servers. Bungie.net holds everything. Bungie.net holds everything. I do not even have to boot up my... my, my I don't have to have my PC open and running Destiny to move my loot around right I can move my loot around and have my my PC turned off and I can be like let's move all my loot around why because I'm interacting with Bungie.net everything's on Bungie.net right and people would buy more copies of the game oh wait I I could play with my PC buds and and have all my loot that I've grinded for I wouldn't be starting over they would buy Destiny again on PC I can play with my PlayStation buds and not have to start over. They would buy Destiny on PlayStation because they, they currently have no reason to do that. Um, that's, an, that's, a, that's a new swath of sales. You know, oh, you make us buy it twice. That's not fair. Come the frick on. People that can, would complain about that would complain about a free soda. You know, well, there's no ice in it. Like, people like that, like, you're just looking for something to complain about. Cross save would be a fantastic solution cross play will probably never happen because of sony the technology is there epic has laid the groundwork for people to want it and expect it rocket league has done similar things but it'll probably never do they'll probably never do it ever cross play will not happen because of the fact that sony doesn't want 
that to be a standard in the industry. They're going to push back on that as much as they can. They only they only capitulated for Fortnite because it was hurting their stock value because their public perception and their PR, they look like idiots. So that's the only reason they did it. I mean, they didn't do it because they're like, we want to be pro gamer. They did it because they were losing money. So that'd be the only way it would happen is if they, they get hit financially. They're like, this is hurting our bottom line. Whatever, you know. The ability's already there. I played on my brother's uh, D1, and he had the exotic class item that gave bonus XP. When I logged back in on my Xbox later, I had the item, but I couldn't use it. Right, they already have the ability to lock stuff. They do. I haven't played D2 in two months because at home, I've not been able uh, to solo in my PC room. I've been playing Overwatch on the PS4 instead. Cross save would get me back into D2. And now I feel like I'm too far behind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, it's 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 a win for everybody. It's it's volitional choice and empowerment of the player, and it's potential you know sales for all platforms and Bungie. So I cross save seems like you're literally leaving money on the table in my opinion. But Agent Smith, morning Lono, do you think they would ever introduce akimbo weapons? I think that'd be really fun and a different flavor to the game. I don't think they'll do a Kimbo, right? I don't think they'll do a Kimbo. And the reason I don't think they'll do a Kimbo is it feels, um, it feels silly. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. There is a juvenility. There is a, okay, so people are like, what's a Kimbo? A, a gun in each hand. So gun zerking in Borderlands. Gun zerking is, oh yeah. And then he gets out his guns and he, he shoots. Right? Uh, they did it in Call of Duty. If we're honest, it looks silly in the game. It looks silly. Like, be honest. Someone running around with their arms, like, straight out with two weapons. It, it, it looks a little chintzy and a little odd. Uh, and I just don't think it, it, it looks like Destiny. Right? Um, Do-wielding SMGs and, you know, and, and sidearms all of a sudden would be nice it would make them potentially strong um but i don't think that i it just doesn't feel like it fits there's just something saucy and crisp about destiny as a shooter and akimbo feels like it would be a a a frivolous thing like when i play certain games there's a frivolousness and a juvenility to games like just cause and uh you know, and what was the what's the other one? Uh, Dead Rising. It's a juvenility, a silliness to the games, right? There's a there's a seriousness to how Bungie has made this feel, right? It feels really really good. Yes, Milo, Lono Toxic is finally here for you, and he did such a good job. He did such a good job uh, designing it. My emote artist is fantastic. Uh so no, I don't think it's ever gonna come. Boomstick, year one loot is garbage and playing through year one story to unlock activities is not satisfying. Further compounded by the new infusion system and mats needed, you can't use anything until you've beaten the campaign and then can start grinding for mats. Why can't year one gear just get the year two random rolls? Uh, what could be done to make the collection useful? Once you've collected the same armor, even with the same uh, every possible perk, you can't pull them from the collections or just make them. Yeah, your question got chopped off. But man, Boomstick's bringing up a good point with respect to... Uh, with respect... 
to value of people that just decide to get in the game or go through the grind again. You, everything you're getting is worthless, and this is just more proof that Infusion is, is broken. Uh, enhancement cores are going to get taken out of Infusion, like, write it down. As I said before, I'll be right with time, and I, I, I firmly believe that I will be right with time, and those that dug their heels in and insulted me will be seen be wrong with time. Um, and that's because of stories like this. I just... The, the, the lack of materials and the lack of those things dropping while you're leveling up and being told just wait to infuse I don't see a point in frustrating player volition welcome to destiny can't use anything you want cause people that play a lot argued for pain points that don't land on them but they sure do land on you like what welcome to destiny everything in year one is worthless and there's no reason to save anything cause eventually you're gonna get stuff in year two that's way better unless you go and run the raid and get midnight coup right or you get the Ikelos shotgun so I could I could 100% see yeah Lono Toxic is, is, is especially needed right now wrong per usual right I'm so toxic uh I, I would I would I would think that that would be another value add I don't really feel like starting over again or, well, my buddy really wants me to get into Destiny, but, like, he's telling me all the loot that I get is worthless and just to get rid of it or not keep it. Like, that's just that's just silly, right? Until you get to the, you know, the year two grind. But if you could start over on a new platform and, oh my, look at this, look at this old-fashioned that dropped for me, right? Look at this old-fashioned. I, I, uh, th- this is great. This is a great role. I'm gonna keep this with me all throughout my journey now. Like, that's another win. That's another win, I think. Um, so, another oh, toxic Lono. No, we could call it toxic tea, and it could be a, it could be a green tea. It could be a green tea uh, G Fuel flavor. Lono's toxic tea. <laughs> like have it look all radioactive and green, but it tastes like green tea. <laughs> another dynamite idea for a G Fuel flavor, right? We had hillbilly Jack sweet tea. Uh, Hillbilly Jack's bourbon tea. We've had uh, Dopacola. We have so many good flavor ideas. Come on, G Fuel, work with me here. Uh, but good point from King Boomstick about the general feel of the game and the fluidity uh, and the cohesiveness of the game is broken right now by so much gear not mattering and an infusion being so costly. So. I would really hope January would be the month for, hey, we're back. We're going to streamline stuff, you know? Um, so mattering, does it, does it, it, it not mattering, it not mattering, it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I make up words. Deal with it, Mel. One rabid gopher. I feel like linear fusion should always have been in the energy slot since they're just snipers. Well, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I think that's true. I think that's true. Like, unless Linear Fusions just get a huge, huge, huge damage buff, they do feel odd in the power slot because they're precision, right? Think about it. Like, the, the, the linear a Linear Fusion, unless it can do the damage of, like, a Whisper, it doesn't make sense to use a slower fire rate precision weapon in the power slot unless you're getting really 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 good precision damage which is why sleeper is so nice right because it's so high and you get the reflection damage on the right bosses this is an interesting point this is a very interesting point I want to think about this we might have a potential subject on our hand 
Uh, I'm going to add this to my list of subjects. Um, linear fusions. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Linear fusions. Energy. Uh, weapon. Question mark. Kind of like how we argued for swords. They do feel odd. You've been following through three years. Yo, what's good, Blade Dancer OP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been here. You're 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 super OG. You're super OG. Count from 2015 as well. Thanks for being here. Uh, Extra Burnt says, if trials were to return, do you believe the trials weapons will still have curated versions or just random rolls? Only way, only way people are dragging their body through a trials experience. Only way is if you put good gear in there. The Mr. Getem. Thank you so much for a brand new Prime sub. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. I greatly appreciate that. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. I think you guys have unlocked all of the Vortex commands. We'll turn the Vortex on after question and answer. What's a Vortex? I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Stormcrow. Did I answer that question? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you would need Pinnacle rewards, Pinnacle curated rewards, good, good weapons, and good, good rolls to justify people going into trials. A ton. Uh, Cyberg95, another person using their Prime sub here. Thanks for using your Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Your dope and deserve dope stuff. Lono Toxic is a new emote today, guys. Use it with pleasure. Stormcrow. Hey, Lono. About the game a little bit before Forsaken came out, uh, and I never really got into the grind all the year one content, and now it's really hard for me to get Wayfair since no one wants to do year one content with me since they already have it, and it's hard and kind of boring to do it solo. How do you think this can be fixed? I mean, you're touching on Shade Nasty with another brand new Prime sub. So many Prime subs. Guys, thank you so much for the love and support, man. I appreciate it, man. The content, YouTube, all the love lately, all the sharing. Um, if you really like the videos and stuff that you're hearing and, and engaging with, share that stuff on Reddit too. We could really start to get some of the stuff to trend there. I've never really trended on Reddit with Destiny. That'd be cool. So thank you for the support. Um, this you're you're touching on another thread of, of of why year one weapons should get brought forward. I mean, again, I changed my position on this. I can admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong about this. Now I got undercut a little bit by Bungie. Forsaken didn't add enough stuff to justify leaving behind year one gear. Like, why didn't the EDZ get a new loot pool? Why didn't other things get a new loot pool? That That's largely why my position changed. I envisioned Bungie adding a whole lot more stuff, and they didn't. Um, so I'm, I'm defending myself a little bit here. Like, I didn't envision them delivering Forsaken with, with so few weapons and loot across the board, uh, and that's why I've changed my position. So, grinding for... The Forge weapons, uh, Curse of Osiris grinding for y y the Braytech weapons would all be much more exciting and interesting to everybody if random rolls and the year two treatment was there. Uh, again, it would be a, a win, I think, for everybody involved. People starting over, people coming through the old content, people going for triumphs, people that are bored, people that want something to do, people that play a lot. Like I feel like it would really, really land on everybody. Yinked, yinked ya. Yanked ya. Oh, you did, did ya? <laughs> uh, why didn't they move all the snipers and shotguns like the Darcy, Whisper, and Legend of Acarus? Why didn't they move all snipers and shotguns? Well, I mean, because I, they're going to argue that Whisper and Darcy are too strong to be energy weapons. Uh, if they move snipers into the power weapon slot, it would be even more of a joke. It'd be laughable to move energy snipers uh, down into the power slot. You really going to try and tell me that this Persuader uh, should be a power weapon? Like, you are, you are 
you are on drugs if you think that. I mean, no offense, but like snipers are just just cheeks right now. Now you might push back and say, but Lono, if they move them to the power slot, they could justify them doing way more damage. All right, here's the deal. I'm never going to use a sniper in the power slot unless you break the damage threshold. And if you do that, you hurt the hierarchy in the game. Why in the world am I using a sniper? Well, it's so strong. Okay. Why did you make an energy? Why did you make a sniper so strong? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so I think snipers serve a better purpose if they're put back kind of how they were in D1 where they're good precision weapons and have purpose in different content because they hit so strong. Um, I don't know. Double a sniper's damage. Just double it. I want you to take your rates, cut them in half, and double it. Uh, just double the damage and make scouts as strong as snipers are now because there's no real reason to play drawn back and to play play passive and to play the range game but you could give me a reason to if snipers were stupidly strong and so were scouts you could you could play differently and maybe have a benefit i don't know there could be content where if you play back if you play passive there's long enough sight lines and long enough range encounters to where that damage would be beneficial right and then you'd go into something else and you'd be like well you don't really want to do that here there's not enough room for that so put away your scouts and your snipers that again brings that versatility and that personalization and people feeling like their decisions matter. JD Gamer 50, do you think the new raid in June will be related to Leviathan even though uh, they're not considering a raid layer? Them not considering a raid layer doesn't mean we can't go back to Leviathan. I mean, I hear where you're coming from because that's something that they said like, well, these aren't raid layers because it's a brand new destination. Um, but I would argue that they're going to use this to conclude the story of Callus because that needs to happen. I think Callus is going to play a larger role in the grand scheme of the content. Uh, and we'll wait in orbit just for a minute if anybody wants to join us. We are down a person. And I'll check my invites in a second if you've sent any. So, I, but, but I don't think they're going to call it a raid layer. The, the idea of raid layer 2, I mean, honestly, if you look at Scourge of the Past, it's bigger than the other, it's bigger than the other raid layers. So it's, it's it's arguably, you know, bigger, you know, a lot of people uh, have sent me invites, so we'll take Dill here, he's got a, uh, he's got 13 clears on the new one, so, since Dill's in chat, jump on in, my friend, um, yeah, Paragon Nate, I didn't play during year one. I picked up the game during the transition into Forsaken, like a week before. And I feel I'm missing out on the cool armor and it won't bring forward with random rolls. While I think different, well, I think this is different than the weapons, why do you think they haven't done this yet? Okay, I'm going to theorize here. I don't know. Bungie hasn't told me anything. They haven't told us anything. I don't think they wanted to do all the legwork of random roles and the mod system and doing all that. I don't think they wanted to do all the legwork of extending that giant spider web of development to the entire game if it wasn't received well. They had to say, okay, we're going to do this. Let's see how it's received. Everybody loves it? Okay, sweet. Now we can start copy pasta. Take it into the rest of the loot. Like, I could see them doing things with the free events i could see them doing things with the seasonal updates saying hey when season of the drifter starts half the planets or every planet's got a couple of guns and pieces of armor that are getting brought forward right 
and then they trickle it out or they do it with events or something like I don't know like I could see them slowly doing that but it would have been a big big tall order everything they did in Forsaken that was a tall order to begin with right they gave us a huge huge update to the game they got rid of double primary they brought back random rolls they made the perk trees bigger they made the mod they made this mod system i think it was easier to do that not in a vacuum but kind of in a vacuum they did it only with new gear coming into the game and then as like a test product they said well what's it going to be what's the workload going to look like for you to bring some guns forward so they brought some guns forward as like a test case to be like okay nameless midnight's coming forward all right all right half dan's coming forward all right all right and they brought a couple forward the fact that they brought some forward means they're willing to do it and it means they may do it in pieces and piecemeal but they wanted to make sure they didn't bit off more bit off bite off more than they can chew and end up with if they if you if you do too much if you do too much then you run the risk of diluting what you're trying to do and they may have hurt their efforts by doing too much in the beginning so that's why they might have waited another question from paragon nate what do you think about a pinnacle rocket launcher that has a pinnacle perk that allows two rockets in the chamber and rolls with ambitious assassin allowing three total rockets mag at once kind of like a throwback to the old truth in d1 i mean i definitely think pinnacle versions of grenade launchers and rocket launchers would help but i think foundationally you're not fixing the problem with the pinnacle piece of gear you're not you're it's that's too band-aid rocket launchers and grenade launchers need a foundational buff they're crap right grenade launchers need triple the ammo rocket launchers need double the ammo i think all rocket launchers should have two in the chamber uh and then iterate from there on the pinnacle like make the pinnacles cool sure but the pinnacle shouldn't be like well that's the only rocket launcher worth using right I think they need to they need to ground level at a foundational level make those guns not suck so bad and then create your pinnacle. That's just that's how I see it. They're so so bad. It just creates too much trash loot. Way too much trash loot. Ad Hun says happy new year Lono. Uh, may all your perks be enhanced. Thank you for 14 months and thank you <laughs> thank you very much happy new year to you too. Razor. For me, the drop rate is good here. People always want easy to get things. What do you think about the drop rate chance? This is too generic. I mean, what are you talking about? There's intentional drop rate for things like the forge weapons, and then there's 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 random drop rate on things like the Warden's Law. So I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Um, so to answer your question, are you talking about exotics? I think exotic drop rate's actually too low. I usually am not the guy saying this, but like given random rolls on armor and how often we're getting dupes anyway on the weapons, uh, I think the exotic drop rate's too low. I think you should be ending a pretty hardcore play week and you should be able to say you got, I don't know, four or five exotics in the week because you're getting random rolls on the armor that you already have. You're getting, you know, guns that you already have. I don't I don't think it hurts any anything. I don't think it hurts anything. To, to make the exotic drop rate a little bit higher. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, maybe give us low drop rates on exotics that we don't have yet, but at least if we're seeing them drop, it's a change, right? God roll. I'm still using my year one lucky raspberry for ad clearing. Everyone and anyone tells me better off using Raiden Flux. What do you think? Raiden Flux is better built for, um, is better built for like boss damage because of what it does like it just the rabbit hit sustains it 
and then you're you're getting the increase in damage, I believe. Lucky Raspberry increases the chaining capabilities of Arc Bolt Grenade and has a chance to recharge it each time it deals jam damage. A full chain always recharges. I mean, I could see that being great when Grenadier is active, because you're just you're freaking throwing lightning like a crazy person. But chained Arc Staff hits buff damage and duration on Raiden Flux. So when you're just blasting away on a boss, I mean, that's silly. It's silly. It's it's kind of broken. I like it. Broken in a good way, not broken in a bad way. Raiden Flux is superior. So it's conte it's contextual. It depends. But I do think, too, if there's tons of adds, Raiden Flux is nice. You just wham, 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 wham. You're just slamming through, extending it and getting a damage buff. Shadowhunter, thank you for the brand new sub. Welcome to the Rageous. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Yakeman. What about weekly boon that would increase the chance of a particular item, hand cannon, by 50%? You would then grind for a specific item for higher chance of that item type dropping throughout the week, which would increase it and that uh, item that you are chasing. Again, I don't know why we don't need new currencies. The, your, your, your mind is in the right place, but I've already put forth, I think, what is a better solution. I'm not trying to shoot you down and be like, I'm smarter, I have better ideas. We're all biased towards our own ideas. But like, I don't know, I try to think through the ramifications of an idea. And another currency, and you know, that specific of another currency, you have a currency then for every gun type. Okay? Why not just say every NPC has bounties each week for guns that you may or may not want to chase. So that new shotgun that Shax has, that that could have been a bounty that he sells, you know, every other week or, you know, it rotates, right? And then you do what you do with Ada. You do it, you get it, not the role you want, do it again. Do it, get it, not the role you want, you do it again. Make it into a song, you do it, you get it, it's not the role you want, you do it again. You know, like you're in preschool teaching kids uh, songs about RNG in Destiny. Like, to me, that, like, that's the solution to the problem. That gives intentionality, but that's not like some new currency in the game. I gotta get this boon for this weapon type, and then I gotta know, okay, so then I'm farming for this weapon type, like, so then you're getting a hand cannon boon, and you're buying the boon, and you're buying the boon, and then you're coming in here and farming a Nightfall for the Warden's Law, and the Warden's Law drop rate goes up every time you don't get it, plus the Boon drop rate buff. I just feel like the Ada Bounty system has, in my mind, shown the way forward for loot pursuit. Strike-specific loot is fine, but pools of loot at NPCs could definitely take her treatment, I think. DX Vader, are they going to make SMGs and autos that aren't like the Breakneck? Are they going to get a buff? I have no idea, but if they just buff all non-breakneck auto rifles, I don't understand why they would do that. What would their motivation be for weakening a pinnacle piece of gear they literally just put in the game? Now, a pinnacle SMG that has a perk could be awesome, you know. Thank you, Speedy Phoenix, for eight months of subs, still subbing for great content. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, this Minotaur, I mean, he hung out the whole time. Was, not, not bad, dude. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so yeah, I I don't want uh I don't want them to just start buffing autos and SMGs to say, oh well this is better or as good as the breakneck. If you want to endorse, introduce a pinnacle version or a pinnacle perk we can grind for, then sure. But this is why the Ride the Bull perk should just be a pinnacle perk on SMG that you can grind for because the Huckleberry is cool, but nobody's going to use it now that the Breakneck exists. 
Roland says, does armor looking cool motivate you to go for that armor? Personally, I don't care if my armor looks mismatched garbage as long as I'm doing more DPS. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. This is why having different armor and having aesthetically pleasing things and having things that are aesthetically driving you is fine, but it can't be the only thing. Legend of Smiles with a brand new sub. Thank you so much, guys. So many new subs today. Welcome to the Rageless. I appreciate all the support, guys, so, so much. Um, you have different people. I'm not motivated that way at all. I can't stand when T-Funk comes in and looks like somebody puked Crayola crayons on a trash heap, right? And he does it on purpose, right? That's just T-Funk. He's, he's a bit of a troll. He puts on the ugliest armor and puts on ugly shaders, and it literally looks like a, a color sample swatch that you're picking out, you know, for paints at the paint store, and it just somebody blew that thing up on a trash heap. So I, I, I like looking cool. I like looking at my, my character and looking awesome. That to me is a testimony to my time in the game. The fact that I have on this cool raid gauntlet, my boots, the geomags, I synchronize my shaders. You know, he looks beefy. It's the beefiest I think I've ever had a warlock look with the new armor. I think that's cool, but that's me. You might not be that way. You might not be motivated that way. That is why you have to have two layers of motivation always kind of act, you know active. Do you want to look cool? You know, or do you want to be powerful? Well, you would you would argue you want to be powerful. I want both, by the way. I want both. I would love intentionality toward grinding for the raid gear because I think the raid gear looks freaking dope. But when I get raid gear with garbage perks, it goes into the trash bin, right? But if I could be in there each day saying it's worth it to grind this content because I think I will look cool and by the end of the week I do look cool and I have the perks I look I mean just for an example I think the gunsmith devotion bond is neat looking from the raid it's cool it's got the little symbol got the, you know it's, it's it's more it's more you know small and sleek instead of the big spikes that I'm wearing now I would it'd be cool to grind for the one that I want but I, I don't have the ability to do that so again you might not be motivated like me and that's why it's, I think it's important to have both spectrums kind of working JD Gamer, with today being the last day of the winter event, how do you think the event was? Do you think it could have been better than SRL? I mean, I'm assuming it goes until tomorrow at reset, so I don't think today is the last day. Somebody in chat might have to correct him on this. That might not even be correct. I thought it went. I thought it went into. Uh, I thought it went in into January the first week or something. Is that the what's the official end date of this? Oh, tomorrow is it tomorrow at reset? I didn't realize it was that close to being over, so tomorrow we're going to have to make sure we spend all of our, our cookie materials tomorrow before reset. Okay, that's important to know. So if you're listening to this, it's too late. It's probably too late. Unless you're listening to this bright early in the morning on January 1st, you have missed your chance to use all of your materials. I'm sorry, but if you're here live, take note. Take note! Spend them cookies. It's a great place to get enhancement cores. Okay, you want to know my thoughts on the event overall? It was free, it was a great resource grind, and it gave you a cool sled, and it gave you an elongated, you know, process to get it. Um, I'm fine with it. I thought it was fine. It would have been cooler to have a weapon. Oh, we did have the weapon, the avalanche. So yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, avalanche was cool. Avalanche was in the mix. Avalanche is a dope weapon. Uh, that and the hammerhead really, I think, bring the weapon system forward just a, a, a nudge because now you don't have to use an exotic heavy. Um, you can use the hammerhead or the avalanche. 
uh, and then and then maybe throw on another you know an exotic because you don't feel like you have to use an exotic power. Uh, they're obviously still a little bit weaker than like the Thunderlord or other exotic power weapons that you could use, uh, but you know it, it gives you it gives you some choices. So yeah, I thought it was a good I thought it was a good event. It was free, you know, you didn't pay for it. It didn't cost you five dollars or anything to get in. You grind, you do the cookies, get a bunch of resources. It's snowing in the tower. You get a cool Santa sleigh sparrow, and then uh, they, you know they add a new weapon, the avalanche. Um, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, filthy. I forged over 70 weapons going for a good orchid or a blast furnace roll. I don't understand why I got absolutely decimated there. Um, I have yet to get any rolls I'm looking for and am feeling burnout on the forges. Do you think there needs to be a system in place to prevent people from giving up on these sort of loot pursuits after very long stretches of bad RNG? I'm torn because I see the benefits of the chase, but also, uh... But, oh man, you guys with these books are killing me. But I also think the best part of the loot is actually getting to play with it. <laughs> good good question, good question. I'm okay with you expressing your thoughts because it is important to say what you said. I do think there's a, there's a breaking point, right? And I, the example I've used before is 1K Voices, right? Eventually, if you don't have the 1K Voices, it's like, for frick's sake, dude, nobody's going to want to go into the raid with me. Thanks, Bungie, for the crap drop rate, right? I never got a 1K Voices. But at the same time... Which is which is a worst? Which is the which is the greater of the two evils, right? If you give us stuff too easy, you're back to Destiny Two Year One, which hurts the identity of the game being a loot pursuit game. Nothing is difficult to get. You're just kind of playing. You kind of get everything. Static rolls. Kind of what's oh I got it. I'm done. It's binary. There is no loot pursuit. There is no chase. Now, what if? there was a subtle punch-out system where okay you've gotten this role twice now okay there are roles there are roles on the new hand cannon for example the orchid i've gotten a couple of roles numerous times i'm like yeah i literally just got this role and i dismantle it what if every time you got a role because we know it's random but we also know there's perk combinations the game said he already got I'm gonna give you an example let's just give an example right here we know what we're chasing are these two we're chasing these two so if I get kill clip rapid hit and then I get it again and then I get it again each time I get it my chances of getting kill clip rapid hit should maybe go down now the danger there is what if I really really want kill clip rapid hit with drop mag for whatever reason okay well that means every time i get kill clip and and rapid hit without drop mag my chances of getting the gun i want go down so that's smart rng not working so you'd have to take all perks into consideration even that wouldn't work as i'm talking about this i'm sensing problems what if you want kill clip rapid hit drop mag with a range masterwork in a certain barrel okay so if I get kill clip rapid hit and drop mag but I don't get the barrel or the masterwork I want like that's just that's exactly what I'm trying to do on a warden's law I have rampage and feeding frenzy but I want it with accurized rounds and a range masterwork okay the problem there is that punch out system would basically make it harder and harder and harder for me as time goes on to get the role that I want that's too many variables right um, so maybe they could put it on a rotator 
if it's been a long time since you've had a certain combination, that combination goes up, right? If it's been a really long time since I've had a Feeding Frenzy and Rampage roll, that that combination chance goes up. And then when I get it, it just goes back to being a normal combination. But if you've gotten, you know, 25 versions of the Warden's Law and you cannot get Feeding Frenzy Rampage, it should be a high drop rate chance because you haven't gotten that it should be more about what you're not getting than what you are getting, if that makes sense. You know? Because then when you get it, you're like, well, I didn't really want this. I'm going for this other combination. So, cool. But now that you got it, you know that it's back to a normal drop rate and presence in the loot pool. You know? I think a lot of people are going to push back and be like, it's just easier to have it be random. It's more simplistic. But then, like you're saying, there's a there's a... There's an endurance test happening, isn't there? There's an endurance test happening. How long are you going to go for that gun before you're get you just you're fed up? I mean, how long did it take me to get the Imago loop that I wanted? Right? It took me 53 skeleton keys, roughly 450 strikes, and a partridge in a pear tree to get the Imago loop that I wanted. And I I remember arguing about the levels of RNG, and I said that the the normal player is never going to put up with this. Right? That's what I always said. I hated the levels of RNG. I might not get a skeleton key. If I get a skeleton key and then I go do it, I might not get the gun. I might get the grass skirt. If I get the gun that I want, I might get a trash roll. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of RNG that made it take me, you know, forever to get it. Right? If the lack of explosive rounds, you know, on my 10th Imago loop increased the chances of me getting explosive rounds would have been in place... I still would have had the loot pursuit. I still would have had the random rolls grind, but maybe you you mitigate some of that what we might call unnecessary pain. I don't know. I don't know. That's player that's player that's player desire and volition. Part of me feels like if you don't get the roll that you want, that's good because then you always have something to chase and that's your decision. Right? That's your choice. Sorry, it's such a touchy system. I can't find the sweet spot. I can't do it. There's, I, I, I can't do it. That I think because of that thing's in the way. Stuff like this is the player's choice to undertake, says Khan. There's a lot of players out there who won't spend two months grinding. Exactly, and that's why I think I'm okay with it. If I'm going to roll the dice, if I'm going to roll the dice on, on getting god rolls easily or not, I don't want it. I don't want you to. Because then at least that, that leaves grind. Any, any sort of, remember the other day when I said there's two categories, there's accessibility and rhythm, and then there's loot pursuit and random rolls, right? I don't want to ever argue for loot pursuit and random rolls to be made easy. Accessibility and rhythm, getting people into the content, sure, you'll hear me argue for something that might sound like casualification, but I never want to casualify the loot pursuit at all. If it takes you a month to get it, sorry, man, that's part of the, that's, that's part of the nature of the game. That's not keeping you from content. You don't need a God Roll Orchid. You don't need you don't need a 1K Voices. You don't need a God Roll Warden's Law to, to get into content. That's your choice driving the player behavior. The same thing's going on in Pokemon, right? Like all on my feed, all these people that are playing thousands of hours and thousands of attempts to get a certain version of a Pokemon. Like that's 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 the player decision and volition driving the behavior. It's not them driving the behavior like they're doing with enhancement cores and crappy leveling. That's them driving the player behavior. That's not you deciding, well, 
I want to play Gambit right now because I need this milestone to level up. No, you're, you're, that's them dragging you through it. But being like, I really want this role in the Orchid, that's your choice driving the behavior. And I think that's the categorical difference in my mind. Uranium, do you think an evolving perk system would work? Specific kills you get using a perk to get it enhanced and earn a slight modifier, like on a kinetic gun that uses explosive payload, can add an elemental effect to it after a specific type of grind is completed. The only dilemma here is is you're creating power creep within the weapon system itself, which is problematic for the future. Radioactive, man. Thank you for the brand new Prime sub. Welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you for using your Prime sub here. So, like, if if I use my Warden's Law enough and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, eventually, I'm making it even harder for Bungie to create better primary weapons for me. Right? There has to be an intrinsic ceiling on how good weapons can be even when you get something that's considered a god roll, even when you get the breakneck, even when you get, you know, a certain weapon or item, there has to be an intrinsic ceiling or else they're just going to get too strong. Right? Because then you're like, I don't need any new gear. I grinded all my gear to enhance status and enhanced status means nothing. There's nothing you can do, right? Oh, you could grind for a new one and the potential of the new one with the new one being enhanced might be stronger than what you have. You'd have to make that very clear to the player that, well, this hand cannon once enhanced is better than your current enhanced hand cannon. Out of the gate, right? Out of the gate, it won't be, you know... That's a lazy stance, in my opinion, to say deal with the grind when the RNG in Destiny uh, is and always has been broken. When you get the same weapon over and over again with the same rolls, that's not true RNG. Yeah, but there's no way for you to know that, Mixed Nuts. There's no way for you to know that. I've gotten similar rolls and compared them, and you know what's different? The barrel's different, or the masterwork is different. So, I don't think you're, I don't think you're correct. They're not spitting out static versions of the weapon. There's potential perk combinations and you might see a certain perk combination more often than another and you're like man what the frick that doesn't feel like RNG but if you keep those weapons and compare them they'll have different barrels they'll have different masterworks that actually that they they are then different weapons for Pete's sakes I'm grinding for a feeding frenzy rampage warden's law that has different you know a different you know barrel and masterwork you know combination so shady nasty if we ever get elemental primaries back what would be the best way to incentivize using kinetic weapons i personally like the idea of kinetics uh, doing more precision damage maybe intrinsically possibly after the shield is broken you don't need kinetic weapons that's why i said when i talked about this you would have elemental perks and damage perks clearly my warden's law is built for for damage it's got rampage and it's got feeding frenzy I'm, I'm reloading faster and I'm doing more damage, right? It would still function the exact same way. It would just do arc damage to arc shields. That's pretty much it. You wouldn't change the damage structure of primaries. They would still be primary weapons, right? Now, maybe you could still have kinetic primaries. Oh, okay, they do the elemental damage, but they get a higher crit multiplier. But then the trust is like an, an elemental primary that gets less of a crit multiplier, but then it has a different loot pool. It does have like a different perk pool. You know, I don't know. Maybe like that. Uh, Grim Fez. Do you think the current roll system limits good rolls with only two to three being de- de- decent out of 30 variants? Well, I think you're always going to have that. Somebody asked me the other day if they should remove, like, hip fire grip and, and and other perks from the perk pool. And the reason for that was 
they didn't like getting like a roll that was almost perfect, but then it had like a bad perk on it. And I was like, man, you kind of need those though. If not, if like, let's say you get rid of the perks that make a gun roll bad, hip fire grip on a scout, uh, you know, surrounded on a sniper, whatever. <laughs> if you do that, then what ends up happening is all the potential rolls are basically good. There's a, there's this tiny margin of difference between a good roll and another good roll, right? And then the margin of difference between a good roll and a god roll also seems pretty small. If you can roll crap, that makes the winner good. Like that's the point, right? I'm not saying you make you automatically make bad perks, but you make perks that seem like, yeah, this really isn't the perk I'm looking for. This really isn't a good perk for this weapon type. Like, you know, hip fire grip on a scout or a pulse feels kind of stupid. Um, but without that, my concern would be, again, you would, it would just, everything's gray. There's just this gray sort of like, okay, you have that role and I have this role and they're barely different. They're basically the same perk pool. They're all pretty good perks. You need black and white, right? You know, if, if it's like, it's like, if you look at a spectrum of color, you know, you got red and then you got blue. And red is really good, and blue is kind of not. It's kind of cold, right? You're red hot or you're cold. And then there's all those things in between. If you remove all the bad and you just get rid of blue, then the spectrum just gets real muddy. It's like, well, everything's basically kind of good, and then there's God up here. Raise my faith. Do you think perk combos that don't normally roll on weapons like Rampage and Kill Clip on the Orchid is a good way to spice up the potential rolls? It's a it's a good medium. It's a good transition phase. I think the future for the weapon system is not in marginal differences like that. I think it's in pinnacle perks like onslaught, trench barrel, uh, desperado, magnificent howl. I think these are the types of perks we need to see used more often to drive loot incentive. And then along the way, you can be getting that gun with what would be considered to be a good roll. You know. Like, it's a good roll. It's got, you know, Rampage and Outlaw, but it doesn't have this new perk that's completely brand new. Jose17 with a brand new Prime Sub. Thank you so much for using your Prime Sub here. So many Prime Subs today, guys. Thank you. So fly, uh, kite. So did I answer that? Yeah, I think I think the future is, is Pinnacle Perks. Is, 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 is uh, in my opinion, is Pinnacle Perks. Uh... So next question from SoFlyKite says, Do pulse rifles need a range nerf to make scouts feel better? Do scouts need an overall damage buff, or does the game just not cater towards scouts at the moment? It's a multifaceted problem. They designed a lot of the game and a lot of the encounters to be double primary, so scouts just don't have any legs now because they're, they're number one, they nerfed them into the ground. So yes, they do need a huge damage buff. That would help. I still don't think they're gonna get a lot of use. I don't don't nerf don't nerf pulses just so people use scouts. That's not the solution. You know, if everyone's playing with a train, don't break the train set so we play with the blocks. Make the blocks cooler. You know what I'm saying? I've used that analogy before. Don't walk in the room and be like, well, no one's playing with the blocks anymore. Okay, we'll make the blocks cooler. But if we break the train set, then they won't want to play with the train set. They'll want to play with the blocks. That's a terrible way to incentivize different loot usage if this guy teleported anymore he would just stay invisible my gosh uh radix uh rad uh rad rad is us i think maybe rad is us says 
Uh, hey Lono, why is the main hook for Iron Banner the powerful gear bounties if the ones who succeeded are near max light anyway? <laughs> Making it insanely difficult for newer players to get Iron Banner leveling boost. I mean, you're just touching on another another reason to add to the list of why power power advantages in PvP is stupid. It's like, hey, we're going to dangle power in front of you. We got powerful bounties, and you're going to go into Iron Banner, and people that are stronger than you are going to get an advantage. Okay, so that's frustrating. You're filling the player pool with people that are probably motivated by the powerful bounties, and they go in because they need the powerful bounties because they're trying to level up, which means, de facto, they're probably not at max power, and if they're not at max power, they're getting killed quicker by people who are max power. Power level advantages in the game are stupid. They always will be stupid. Unless you streamline power. If you streamline leveling in power like they have, it's even more stupid. Because then all you're doing is punishing newer or lesser or people with less less playtime. Right? If medium to high level of engagement players have an easy time leveling up, if you streamline power, then you're making the problem even worse, honestly. Because now the, the 20% who play less often are going to be motivated to play even less often. Because they're like, well, I go to play Iron Banner. Most of the player base is at max power because they streamline power leveling. Power level advantages are stupid. They're just stupid. The hardcore players, the people that hit max level, have proven they're going to play no matter what. They're not going to like, well, I'm not going to play if I don't get a power level advantage. Okay, then don't. I don't. Wh- why are you? You played more, so you get an advantage. You play more, you probably already have an advantage. You have more gear depth. You probably have more god rolls. You probably have more awareness of the maps. Like, I don't know. You don't need power advantage in PvP. It's dumb. Uh, two boat eighty six. Do you think rocket launchers suck because an overcorrection from Galahorn? Uh, I don't know if they overcorrected from Galahorn. Galahorn's a bit of a distant memory right now. Um, now, Bungie likes to, to, to change things up. So maybe as a pretty significant shift from what we were so accustomed to, maybe they made rocket launchers kind of dookie. But year one, it was all uh, Sins of the Past and uh, the Vanguard one. Uh, I always forget the Vanguard one. I don't know why I suddenly can't remember the Vanguard one. But it was all Sins of the Past and the Vanguard rocket launcher that 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 d- curtain call it dominated everything it like so it wasn't even galley I think maybe they just pivoted away from get you know rockets in general because rockets did dominate year one uh, grenade launchers have sucked the entire time um, I don't know if they'll ever be good again unless you buff their damage a little bit and triple their ammo capacity they're they're literal trash um, so Zanja, there's always room for Destiny 2 to improve, but with the next DLCs coming out, do you think there's anything that could possibly hurt the game? Yeah, a focus on Gambit. Yeah. Season of the Drifter is the most concerning out of the three. Number one, it's it's in the middle, so it's the furthest away from Forsaken, and it's the furthest away from the next September DLC if there is one, okay? And it's potentially going to be Gambit in focus, and Gambit is, I don't think, in a good place. I don't think it's in a good place with the community. I don't think it's in a good place with daily community engagement. I think Gambit, I think Gambit's bad. I think Gambit has potential. Are they going to be able to fix it? Maybe. Now, if they do, again, my hope would be they would see what's going on with Gambit and the pinnacle version of Gambit wouldn't have any PvP in it. Or the PvP element would be hugely, hugely minimized 
Uh, Smack gives it a sub to Ape Dog. Thank you for doing that. Ape Dog, that's three months. That should be a blue badge. Thanks for keeping his streak alive. So to me, I, I don't... That's the biggest risk. Season of the Drifters right smack dab in the middle of the year. And it's also when lots of other games are coming out. Anthem's coming out. Division 2 is coming out. There's all these other games that are coming out. And you may, you may kick people square in the face. They're like, oh man, I'm going to go play Gambit. And if Gambit doesn't get significant updates, it's got great potential, but in its current state, it's not enjoyable. I don't know very many people that play Gambit on a regular basis unless they're trying to level up. As soon as they don't need it, they're they're kind of done. They're like, no thanks, you know? And if Season of the Drifter, if, if Joker's Wild really centers around Gambit activity and the new Gambit activity and it still stays just as annoying and frustrating and Invasion is still just as silly Queen Breakers and Wall Hacks and the like, then that'll be a hard time for Destiny 2 Maybe they're doing it on purpose Maybe they know the player base is naturally going to drift at that point because of its being the furthest between big DLCs and new games and so they put their weakest piece of the annual pass right in the middle and then summer will be a big resurgence you know I mean all it takes is a really really good stream and a really good commercial when we saw that good stream about Forsaken they started outlining all the stuff we were all of us completely and utterly jazzed and for two to three months we were we were happy and I you know to an extent a lot of people still are happy they're like I got stuff to do you know destiny's back for a lot of people but then I think there's the folks that really want you know better loot to chase you know, they want some of the systems to be you know, improved upon. And and then also just Gambit in general is one of those systems. So that, that to me is they could be doing it on purpose knowing it would just be a natural, you know, low engagement time. How do I feel about bows? Bows are cool. I think bows are hard to justify using because the good ones are in the energy slot if they were all in the, if they again if they slid all primaries up and I could use it as a primary weapon you know I, I, I might most of the ones that are in the kinetic slot are um, just don't seem as good as there's a couple there's the subtle calamity and then there's the arsenic bite those seem to be the ones I use the most and I use them in the raid and I use them because of their element um and they're just, they're quick and snappy, you know. Roy Ashton, any reason why Bungie won't give us more numbers than they're giving us in buffs and nerfs, same with drop rates? I don't know. They don't like to give us numbers. They don't even like to give us numbers in the game. You want to be like, okay, what's uh, what's the stats here on this? Stability, range handling, aim assist isn't even shown in here. You got to go to third-party software to get that. I don't know why that is. Shadowhunter, would you be happier if the known forge weapon bounties rotated weekly instead of three a week? Um, I I don't really understand. I think maybe what you mean is every you every week there there's all of there's half of them maybe, and then you decide what you want to go for, and then the next week they're not there. It's another half, and then it comes back. So if there's only one week in between you getting it and not, maybe I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, I freaking rage says, do you think Telesco, Wastelitter, and Nova Warp will ever get addressed? I feel like the balance of character power heavily favors Warlock. I, Hamrick has indicated that they're looking at these things and they're wanting to do, you know, more, you know, more consistent updates. They've, they have indicated that, um, 
so they should be getting addressed at some point. I don't think they're going to ignore them. Razor, do you think Bungie could nerf hand cannon in some way to force us to run auto pulse? No, absolutely not. See, this is just such a wrong, wrong approach. I don't want to shoot you down too hard, but the last thing you want to do is take something like my Warden's Law or that Orchid everyone's grinding for or the Better Devils or so, and be like, yeah, we nerfed hand cannons. But, huh? Okay, why? Well, we want you to use the other weapons. What the frick, man? Make the other weapons better then. Like I said, don't break the train to make me play with the blocks. Make the blocks better. Uh, my name is Steve. Oh, my username is Steve. What do you think about changing grenade launcher ammo to class grenades, Vortex, Fusion, and Lightning? I mean, that could be another reason to make them cool, right? Like, you could have a grenade launcher shoots, you know, it shoots where it is now, and but it, it shoots class ability grenades. I mean, maybe that could be cool, because if I'm throwing out the, the solar nades, like, those are pretty strong. Um, again, you got to consider damage output and ammo to make it a viable power ammo. That's one of the downfalls right now. Not enough damage, not enough ammo. Double at 666. How would you feel about the redistribution of catalysts throughout the wild strikes law sector? Some catalysts are locked behind six-man activities. Well, some catalysts are locked in, in freaking... Uh, faction rally. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with fa factions. Factions were a band-aid. So, factions were a band-aid. I don't know what they're going to do with them come, come future content or come now, you know? Uh, Toxicum uh, Sutra. I like it. Good play on words there. Do you think armor should have perks that reflect the activities? Uh, I.e. Vanguard and open world armor should have things like grenade and cooldowns and so on. And build improvement perks. Wait. And weapon improvement perks come from Crucible Gambit. Sorry, I totally froze up on that sentence. I lost my place. Um, yeah, I mean, the only problem you have here is we don't have a good loadout system for this. I've had contextual power ideas before where you grind for armor and it's strong and does certain things in that area. Vanguard and strikes, you know, raid armor and raids, etc only problem there is is that you end up with so many armor sets we would need a loadout system I would need to be able to create loadouts and come in here and push a button above my guardian to just change everything from that 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 loadout and maybe store loadouts in collections or something uh, BC Wookie I like your idea of having guns from each planet rotating each week but I feel like there is way uh, I feel like there is a way that fits better in the current format of the planets your idea was use mats to buy a bounty to get that week's gun. Instead, it could it be bounties to get mats to buy random rolls of the gun? No, uh-uh, absolutely not. That's it. You're for you're just forging the weapon at that point. That's not the same. That is not the same. Grinding for the gun and getting the gun to spit out is is farming for the gun. Grinding for mats. You know how many freaking mats I have for the planets? That is not a better system because I could literally just go and be like, blip, 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 spit it out, spit it out, spit out the old fashioned, spit it out, spit it out. Come on, Devram. Come on, Devram. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Come on. Come on. Boom. Great. Sweet. Got my gun. Got the gun I needed. Like, I, I don't know. And then you could also go to, you could go to spider and just stack up on a given one, you know? Kilowatt with three months. Enjoy the blue badge, dude. Thanks for three months of subs. Welcome back. So I don't think that's that's a better solution. You're, I mean, honestly, all you're doing is undercutting what I'm doing. You're still going to be, like, at the end of the day, if you're not sitting on a pile of mats, you're still going to grind that planet and then get a potential roll at an interval. 
mine requires gameplay. You go to Ada, you get the Ada bounty, you do gameplay, you do the forge, you get the gun. That that requires gameplay. Grinding for mass is not is not gameplay. It's putting on a ghost and running in a circle. People would literally just put on a ghost and just run in a circle over and over and over and over and over again. And then that's just reforging. Vendor rolls from D1. I didn't like that either. That just again felt like an end of end of life, end of end of relevancy. It just I don't know. It felt like a huge, huge band-aid that isn't needed. It's not that we don't want that to be like the standard thing. I don't think we want that to be the standard thing. Loki Knight says, Do you think Bungie should make it easier for solo players to be able to do some of the raids? No. Uh, I don't. That's not the target of the content. Sorry. Um, use LFG, a clan system. Use this community. Sub and get in the Discord. Uh, game's been out for four years. There's plenty of solutions available to you. If you're here talking in this chat, you're probably aware of every, you know, of some of the solutions. It, it, there is no solution for a solo player in the raid. There isn't. Because for every solo player that's well-intended and would be willing to listen and talk, there's a thousand other solo players that would be idiots that wouldn't have a mic and wouldn't talk and wouldn't listen and would get salty. Like... And I'm sorry that's the way that it is. I'm sorry that's the way that it is, but that's the way that it is. So, the, the other players would probably ruin it for you. Uh, Fire Int. What are some of the best weapons for Gambit except the Malfeasance? I mean, a strong primary, a strong shotgun, and an exotic heavy of your choice is pretty much the way to go for Gambit. Uh, Damon Gaming. Do you think there's a limit on how much RPG mechanics can be added before Destiny starts to become another game? No, absolutely not. I think the RPG elements have always been present, and if you dig down on them, as long as it's accessible and fun, the... This is why I always talked about with Ori and the Blind Forest, complexity beneath simplicity, okay? When you're learning the abilities in Ori, it's a simple platformer, and it's fun, and it's satisfying. And those simple abilities must be chained together later for more complex, more challenging things that you have to do. There is complexity beneath the simplicity, and that's beautiful. It's fun in Ori. Now, obviously, in Ori, if you don't want complexity and you get to the point where the complexity is firing, it can be very frustrating. You just want a simple platformer, right? Or you get it for your 10-year-old, and he's just not able to manage the game or whatever. You want It looked like a kid's game, right? Well, with Destiny, I think you're at a bigger advantage because the simplistic nature of the game can be on the front, the front face of the game. You're grinding for weapons, you're shooting enemies, and it's satisfying. And then those hardcore RPG elements can be there for those that want to, you know, not necessarily min-max, but go for the best rolls, go for the best loadout, go for the best this, go for the best that. Tier 12 builds in D1, right? That's why random rolls and investing in, like, enhanced perks is a good pivot because what you're doing when you do that is you're creating a spectrum of content and a spectrum of reward that you don't have to engage with. It's unnecessary depths. So if you're a more casual player and you just want to run through your weeklies, your daily activities and grind for cool gear, you 100% can do that. And you're popping heads and killing ads and melting bosses and it's fun, right? You're not like, well, I can't get a god roll fill in the blank. I can't get enhanced perks, therefore I can't enjoy the game. Those are not sentences that would be uttered by casual players. Casual players say things like, leveling sucks, I can't get a bond, I can't level up, I can't play the new content if I can't level up. These are things that casual players are saying, that's why I differentiate between the content loop having depth and the accessibility being streamlined. That's... That's where I land on it. That's where I land on it is 
If accessibility is streamlined, I think you can have tons of RPG depth and it doesn't become a different game. Seven months from Khufu. Yo, it's a resub. Thanks for all the amazing content. Thanks for sticking with me for more than half a year, dude. I appreciate it. Part-time gamer. Uh, I'm an 18 Kelvins away from being a Wayfarer, but if I spend any more time on Mars grinding resonant stems, I might alt F4 and never play again. Thoughts on adding more ways to get stems or not trying uh, guns to titles. Well, in general, they shouldn't have tied RNG to titles. That was a mistake. I think they added titles as a, this is some cool depth, this is some cool grind. They didn't think about the ramifications of RNG being tied to it. So that needs streamlined. I don't have a solution for you other than to say it sucks and, you know, I don't know. What's good, Lacey Jordan? A simple update would be to say you can buy the weapons from, you know, you can buy the weapons from Anna Bray. Saving Annihilator. Mod components are killing me right now. The fact that there's a lot of trash mods from Ada and Banshee doesn't help. Should dismantling mods themselves give you more components, allow you to move mods more freely, or allow weapons to be infused to carry mods over? I mean, there's a huge imbalance in the game right now with respect to that. I showed my, my loot in my inventory the other day. Uh, I'll do it again today. I have 372 black armory schematics and I have 99 mod components. Now, I have a lot of mod components because I have a lot of mods because I play a lot and I broke some down. But I still have a stupid imbalance of black armory schematics to mod components. So, I think grinding the forges should yield regular mod components because you're getting a regular yield of black armory schematics. That's what I think. And then you could add bounties or something with the gunsmith as well. Uh, Aloha TV. Should we get pinnacle armor as well as pinnacle weapons? Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I don't want them to bite off more than they chew. Pinnacle armor isn't as needed because there's exotics in the game already. That's essentially what pinnacle armor is. What's pinnacle armor going to do would be my question. Armor can only do so much before we become too strong. Right? And exotic armor kind of does the job of a piece of pinnacle gear. It's unique and it makes you play different. Razor. Random question. What do you think about the customization cosmetic shaders? Do you think they could change it and give more freedom to apply shaders like Warframe? Yeah, I gave my idea a while ago about rotating shaders. So when you go into your shaders right now, number one, we should be able to apply shaders from the collections and get rid of this menu. And when I look at Melchizedek Bramble, I should be able to push a button on the square to rotate it. So the purple and the black and the plum and all those different colors would rotate in their application on my armor to give me more customization. Because sometimes there's like a really cool shader, but the colors don't apply quite how you want. And if you could rotate them, they might look a little bit cooler. I think that'd be a nice feeling of customization and a quality of life update would be to say, we're going to let you do it right from the collections. That would, be a, that would be a pivot I would make if I was Bungie. Shadow Hunter. <clears throat> Sorry, I meant, would you prefer to forge weapon bounties to rotate daily instead of weekly? Personally, I'd rather not grind for the same gun all week. Oh, man, this is a touchy subject because if you make it daily, it could get frustrating because weekly, it's like you settle in and you decide what you're going to pursue for that week, whether it's a nightfall weapon or forge weapon. If you do it daily, my concern would be you're just you're rotating it so much. Rhythmic urgency is nice, but urgency can't be daily urgency feels too extreme in my mind. Right? I don't know. That's just my personal preference. I feel like you're really gonna be putting people through the ringer of frustration 
I don't think you're going to alleviate frustration with this. I think you're going to you're going to magnify it. Cuz it's like if I have an entire week to go for the orchid for example, and I'm going for the orchid and I have 2 hours each night to go for the orchid. I got the whole week to go for it. If you're rotating it daily, I might only get two chances that week for the orchid, maybe. So you just limited the number of times I could go for the orchid. We could go for the other weapons. True, true. I don't know. They would have to look at player engagement and player behavior and say, would it would this be a benefit for the community? Right? So when it's available for the week, does the does the does the one or two hour a day player go after it? You know? I don't know. Why not make them available all the time? Bungie likes rhythmic urgency. It's just kind of how they've made the game. They did it with D1 with Nightfalls rotating. They did it with the challenges. They did it with the way Age of Triumph rotated. It's just how they, it's just, I don't know. They've always done it that way. And if there were other, if there were other loot pursuits in the game, I don't think we would care as much. I think we're zeroing in. I think we're zeroing in on rhythmic urgency in the black armory because that's the only guns people are chasing if there were other loot pursuits if you could chase the old fashioned on the EDZ and the Uriel's gift on Nessus and you could chase you know I don't know a handful of other weapons on the other planets because they had bounties too then I think what you end up with is you end up with a like a more diverse offering each week and then like this week I could go for the orchid or the wardens well I'm going for the wardens because I got sick of going for the orchid. See what I'm saying? I'm not saying one's better than the other. Like, should they just offer them all? Right? Um, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, should they just offer them all? I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Because then you get one that you want and you move on to the next. You get the one that you want and then you move on to the next. Maybe. Star Walrus UK. Would it be better if Bungie, instead of making the barrier to endgame activities only light level... Uh, Focused on making content more accessible, but also harder. So the restriction of the player is skill rather than just light. Um, you're getting at something I talked about in a in a recent talk of the casual versus hardcore. I think leveling should be streamlined so that people can just kind of naturally level up and feel that sense of progression. And then content should have a spectrum of difficulty. So player choice comes into whether or not it gets harder. And the harder the content, the better the drops, the better the bounties, the better the content, right? You're like, so thank you for the brand new Prime sub, Star Wars UK. I appreciate that. Welcome to the Rages. So many subs today, guys. Again, thank you so much. I don't ever do sub drives or, or, or sub trains. I just, if you guys sub, I just try to say thank you. Um, so... Whenever you get to, like, for example, the example I've given is the forges should have been 600, 625, and 650. You have an incentive to get to 650 and run 650 or an incentive to get to 625 and run 625 because the drop rates are increased and maybe there's better bounties. Maybe at 625 she has bounties for the mod components. Maybe at 650 she has bounties for the actual mods themselves. Like, you really want rampage spec, right? So you're going into 650 forges and it's significantly harder. You create a spectrum of incentive, spectrum of grind, and then that lands on the spectrum of player. So if you're in the 600s, you don't feel like, well, there's nothing I can do until I get lucky enough to level up. I have this thing I can do right now. Drop rates aren't quite as good. They'll get better once I level up. And then that gives you that sense of, it's not just a static number changing, but your experience in the game is changing. 
you're getting to do new things or go after things in a more efficient way. So, uh, next question from Seisnix. Do you, do you think we should get a menu where we could choose what items could be instantly dismantled on drops like blues and certain legendaries? Oh yeah. Yeah. I should be able to go into the collections, man. That's a great idea. I should be able to go into the collections and be like, I don't care about any of this crap. I don't care. Right. Just dismantle it if that's what drops. So if I run over a, a legendary Ingram and I get a uh, a cut and run, I don't want a cut and run. I've got good rolls in the cut and run right now. If they ever make scouts better, just auto dismantle any cut and runs you give me. Now you might be like, I don't know, man. I've got a good cut and run, but there's some cool versions that might drop. I, I, I'd want to see them and you wouldn't check that box. But you'd go in and say, yeah, anything that's blue or green, auto-dismantle. Auto-dismantle. That made Wrath of the Machine so much better in the late stages of D1. Because for whatever reason, when they launched Rise of Iron, greens were dropping again, and they kept dropping. Uh, which means, you know, a long and painful raid in Wrath of the Machine, the ground was covered in crap. Because you would just get too full. You couldn't pick anything up. Um, and then that runs the risk of, like, breaking the Postmaster. So then you had to, like dismantle and pick up as you go which was frustrating so yeah any sidearm auto dismantle um, they would still drop the sidearms and items that you would mark would still drop it's just that they would auto dismantle uh, the Gale Monev says uh, do you think armor from Ada Weekly should have had enhanced perks on them since you only get one per week yeah maybe or just have bounties for armor too that could have been another reason to create spectrum of difficulty once you get to 650, you can farm, you know, you, you get, you can get different weekly bounties from her. You can get there and not limit it. Be like, well, you only get weapons or armor. You get both. And when you do the, you know, the armor bounties, those are only achievable in 650, uh, forge environments. So it's harder, but then they drop enhanced, you know, that could be cool. And you could do the exact same dadgum thing on, you know, the dreaming city. You could have the harder difficulties of the blind well and then have challenging you know pretty challenging or somewhat lengthy bounties from Petra every week and then you get armor from Petra that's Dreaming City armor that has enhanced perks like that's just another way I think to use the Ada bounty system is is in a good spot man I think they need to do more like that uh, Alola. I thought it was Aloha TV. I'm sorry. Alola TV. What is your opinion on every god role being some iteration of Outlaw Rampage? Or is the sandbox just being extremely damage focused on what your perks could be? Well, this is why before Forsaken came out, I said that perk diversity was going to be a needed thing. I said, look, nobody's going to care about all your new weapons because it's still just an archetype of a, of a gun that we've already had before. And people are still just generally going to chase, like you're saying, Rampage Outlaw. I remember saying, I was like, perk diversity, perk depth, and perk power needs to be a focus point of, of Forsaken. And, like, they're doing it, but they're not. Shield Disorient and Disruption Break are, you know, they brought new perks, cool, but they're not very powerful, you know? So in my mind, like, on paper, they see what they need to do. They just probably haven't had a chance to really iterate on it, maybe, or think through power. And another problem that they're faced with is Onslaught, Trench Barrel, um, Magnificent Howl, and Desperado are all pinnacle and unique perks that make the guns feel both strong and unique. 
and that's why I said that's the way forward. Because like, look, you could grind for like, let's say in let's say in Joker's Wild, there's a new there's a new hand cannon to grind for, and you could grind for it, and you it looks neat, handles neat, and now maybe it's like, maybe it's like a midnight coup, same archetype as the midnight coup. And you're like, well, I want outlaw rampage, and I'm gonna put a rampage mod on it, and that's gonna make it better than the midnight coup. You just unseated the midnight coup. Congratulations, you finally did it, Bungie. And and you want it because it has those extra mod slots however however they could have a brand new perk never before seen on a hand cannon on there as well in that loot pool as a potential drop that adds that long loot grind that adds that loot pursuit and that adds that pinnacle feeling of power and all it would have to do is match the efficiency and like the the strength of onslaught or trench barrel and like well if it's not any better why am i going to use it it feels cool i don't know you know, you get feeding frenzy and incendiary rounds, like the one that I said earlier. <clears throat> every time you land a crit shot, every time you land a crit shot, you get an incendiary round for the next mag. And then feeding frenzy, you know, reloads it nice and fast, so you're able to jump back in and get those incendiary rounds. And it wouldn't kill that much dramatically faster or better than Rampage, but it would make the gun feel different, unique, and powerful. Grateful Head, is there a reason why Bungie couldn't keep the holiday oven around after the event? Why not keep the idea moving forward? Is this event mechanic a test run to something else they're working on? I have no idea. I mean, maybe they're wanting to make it easier for you to get enhancement cores or items that you need. I think the problem is, is it creates a massive surplus for hardcore players. Um... So if that's their solution for enhancement cores being painful, then all you're doing is making it easier for me and slightly easier for everybody else. I don't know. I would rather them take enhancement cores out of infusion, make enhancement cores have an actual purpose that makes sense, like enhancing perks and it's pricey. And then the oven just doesn't need to stay around. The only reason you want it to stay around is because it's meeting a pain point that they need to get rid of in general. Centrax uh, says with the with the new way of giving us new content do you think Destiny will find itself in trouble again when the season of the Drifter comes out since almost everyone as far as I know hates Gambit uh, even 40 matches for Breakneck was too much for a lot of people yeah we already talked about that that's the one that I think is the biggest risk but given that it's in between and it's around the time of Division and Anthem I think they were anticipating player drop off anyway and they're probably planning for Penumbra to be pretty significant in the summer how do you feel about the new mods? Uh, too generic of a question. They're good. I like that they add more sauce and more power, but that ju- that question's like super generic. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say other than they're cool. Rampage spec and Dragonfly spec are probably the most sought after. And then the radar ones for PvP and I don't know about Surrounded could be good for the sword because the sword can roll surround and you get Surrounded spec to make it reach further. Last question. What do you think of the new six-man activity being added in Penumbra? Uh, what do you think would be great if it was? My thought would be this, okay? The Forge has added a type of horde mode, but not it's not horde mode enough. So I would think in the summer, they're going to take everything they learned from Escalation Protocol, the Blind Well, and the Forges, and create a six-man match-made activity that is horde mode loop in style. We're going to get a raid. 
We're going to get a raid, but we're also going to get a new six-man activity. That would be my prediction. Is it's going to be something where they kind of combine everything they've learned from Archon's Forge and, you know, all the things like that. I think that would be, that would be kind of where they're going to be going with it. And somebody asked this one last question. What are my thoughts on, on account recoveries and carries for the night, the not forgotten and Lunas and stuff? Look, man, if somebody wants to pay that kind of money and not play the, and, and not pay for the con and not play the content on their own, um, then that's their choice. I, I'm fairly certain it's against terms of service. So if streamers are doing it and making money doing it, they shouldn't because that's against TOS. And if other, if people are willing to pay, like, I'm not, I would never encourage you to break TOS. I don't think you should break terms of service. But at the end of the day, it's their money, it's their choice, it's their account, it's the risk they're taking, and, you know, whatever. So I'm going to keep streaming. Don't go anywhere. We can keep having this conversation. You can keep asking questions in chat. I'll answer them as best I can. You don't got to submit them to the forum anymore. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live now. So tune in twitch.tv slash say no to rage or look up say no to rage on Twitter or Twitch just to find me streaming. As always, I appreciate you watching and enjoying all of my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.